Hello, everyone, and welcome to BXB's Bits and Bobs, episode 48. We're really getting up there now. We're really getting up there. And this is the big post-E3 uh, blowout, the last of the E3 2018 shows, of which this will be the sixth, I believe, if you include the one before with the predictions before we did nightly with uh, me and Joel, and now this post-wrap-up show. Joel is getting a well-deserved break. I don't get breaks. That's not what happens. But... If you did listen to the previous shows, you know we were missing a key, the key corner of the BXB trio. That was Richard, and he's with me today. Hello. Am I a corner? Because we're a, we're a three. Trio, we're a triumvirate. So what would that be? What would you be then? Like tent pole? Yeah, tent pole. You like that? You like like the, the tent pole vernacular? Okay, we'll yeah, go with like that. that. The key tent pole, Richard. He holds up our summer release schedule like no one else. Like Samson like that oh like samson like with the the world yeah, yeah. Wow, that was some mythological referencing there i was a bit too early for that richard to keep keep it simple for me mate i mean i've just got <laughs> up so it's like man man calm down so like i was saying this show is going to be a lot about e3 we're going to go through our predictions we're going to go through me and richard's um sort of best moments top picks from the show me and richard will have a little catch up about the show in general um but before we get to all that let's go to what was our you know conventional and Chit chatty, talking about the last couple of weeks, what we've been watching, and, and all that sort of shit. So, Richard, you mentioned that you you saw um, Black Panther. Now that you'd seen it already in the cinema, I take it. No, I haven't seen it. Oh, you no. haven't seen it. No, so, seen I'll, it. I'll ask you about that, and I'll also ask you about how is watching when you say UHD on the Microsoft Store. I take it that means you watch the 4K version of the film yes. streaming yes. off of off Xbox. And how was that? I've never it tried that. It was good. You won't have tried it because only Black Panther is available at the moment. Oh, Literally right, right. Nothing else. So this has been something I've been waiting for for quite some Same. time because in the US store, they've had UHD movies or 4K movies for, I don't know, a year. Um, and I have asked Microsoft on Twitter and whatever, what about us guys in the UK? And they don't know. Of course, they don't know anything ever. So it was nice to see this finally appear. Hopefully, there'll be more. So I bought this um, $17.99 for anyone that's interested in knowing how much 4K movies go for on streaming services. Um, is that representative? I don't know. Have you seen them else? But that was to own it. Yeah. That's to own it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, no, I don't because I, I've watched some 4K stuff um, on Sky. And the mm. ones that aren't uh, like part of Sky Cinema package, like if you want to buy, like watch a new one, you can only rent them, and they're only oh. they're like five pound fifty to rent, but you can't okay. buy them um, on the Sky Store yet. Um, I'm sure it's coming, but um, no, I, I mostly just buy the 4K Blu-rays. Um, I've got a, yeah. I've got a decent collection now, but I uh, don't have any apart from I bought Sarah some of the Blue Planet Blu-rays, uh, 4K Blu-rays, but apart from that, I've held off buying any. Hoping that this will happen. So, so, um, that's so not tell too me, bad actually. Because I think so, on, on on disc it's like twenty seven in H and V, like twenty five quid or something for it. Yeah, yeah to be honest, and the and the the Marvel films, the Disney ones in particular, I find are the the worst value. They're always max price twenty five, twenty six, twenty seven quid. They don't come with a digital version on mm -hmm. like an ultraviolet. They do come with the DVD, but they don't. Uh, sorry, with the Blu Ray, not a DVD. But they, but yeah, they don't come with the with the digital code, which I find is a really kind of a, everybody else does that except them, it would seem, which is mm. kind of shitty. So tell me, at, was it at 4k? Did it, was it HDR? Yes. 
Cool. Um, it's, I don't know. I don't know how you judge this stuff. I don't know whether my eyes are getting worse or whether the service just isn't quite up to standard. But I did find it hard to tell the difference, really. I mean, it looks I, really good, but... I've watched it on the 4K Blu-ray disc, right? Yeah. So as good as it can be, right, uh, on my mm -hmm. on my four, you know, my very nice TV, my new TV. And I don't think it's the most standout 4K HDR transfer. No, I, I, there was a couple of moments where I thought things like the sunset at the end and stuff like that, I thought it was noticeable. Mm -hmm. But f for the most part, because I think that film relies so much on um, CGI in its action scenes, I don't yeah. think it necessarily comes across that well. However, I did just watch the new 4K HDR transfer of The Matrix. All right. And that was stunning because it's it, it was because so, it's all all the effects are in camera, so practical for the most part. There is some CGI, but most of the bullet time is all practical and all that. Yeah, so it's um, got more texture. It, yeah, it, the clarity to it and the way obviously the whole the, the image is very color corrected when they're in the matrix, you know, to stand out from when they're out of the matrix. Yeah. Um it 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 really popped for me. Um it looked amazing, I thought, yeah. Um uh, but now basically for me, I, uh, new releases, big big blockbuster releases I'm buying 4K. Um things yeah. that uh, affects movies which should show it off. Or I, I I read a lot of reviews. It's like when they say it's worth checking out if it if it's particularly additive to the experience, the re-release. Mm. Um, I'll, I'll check it out because a lot of the back catalog re-releases are at about twenty quid. Which if it's a film I love, like The Matrix, which I've owned on every format since its release, um, I'm just gonna I know I'm gonna get it again. I'll always buy that. You know, it, when they release that in fucking three D VR HD four K, you know, in, in a few years time, <laughs> I'll fucking I want to be in the Matrix, motherfucker. You know, literally, let me do that. Um, so no, I, I'm. So what did you think of the movie? And had you seen Infinity War then, without having seen Black Panther? Yep, that's weird. Okay, it considering how important... much difference does it? Well, well Candace, yeah, I would have said so. Can't don't you think it did retroactively? I mean, a lot of Infinity War is set in Wakanda. A lot of it has quite a big. Yeah, I didn't feel like I missed too much because Wakanda's in Civil War as well. Um, mm. I felt like Black Panther kind of just deals with the backstory stuff. So yeah, I didn't feel like I missed out too much. Cool movie though, isn't it? I really like the I really like the villain. Uh, in Black Panther, Killmonger's yeah, really yeah, I did like him. And uh, the true sign of a good villain is when you're not quite sure. So there's a, there's a bit halfway mm -hmm. through. Um, Sarah said, "Is he a good guy or a bad guy?" Oh, exactly. Uh, uh, yeah, definitely ambiguous. Yeah, um, uh, I would I would lean towards quite quite the good guy. And in the end, in the end, his actions are what pushes the hero, Black Panther, T'Challa, mm -hmm. into being much more open and international with Wakanda. Yes. If you think about it, he has a huge influence on him because he acknowledges that he was right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's always great when a bad guy has a motivation for being bad. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, Black Panther understands this guy was wronged in a big way. It was all their fault, his father's fault, you know, and it yeah. was sins of the father and all that coming back to haunt haunt the children as it mm. as is often the case um for me I, I really love the characters and the wider story i think the film's let down a little bit by the action scenes feeling very small um in general like even the big fight at the end feels like it's 20 people fighting each other yeah um, there is that I, d I wasn't that impressed with martin freeman either i normally like martin freeman but he wasn't great in this 
Martin, oh Martin, it took me a minute to realize who the hell you were talking about. Tim I don't like him. I, yeah, I'm not. A, I've never liked him um, due to the fact that he's a bit of a shit in real life, and I always find it difficult to divorce performances from the the actor in reality. And he's a, a real scumbag, and he doesn't get on with really anybody. And he's oh, really, he's really, he's really horrible to his fans. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, he's 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 not a good guy. Um, but yeah, he's he's very much phoning it in, isn't he? Like yeah. just doing the straight the straight cia bad accent as well like bad. weird non-specific non-regional u.s accent which is yeah. really strange sounding when he's when he's delivering it whereas yeah then and then and then the amazing uh is it j august richards is that is that killmonger i want to i can't remember the actor's name uh, I, don't I might know. don't know he obviously creed you know same actor as creed have you seen creed richard oh yeah yeah, uh, yeah. michael b jordan mike is it michael b jordan yeah Maybe it's Michael B. Jordan then, yeah. I know it was something like three triple builds kind of name. Michael B. Jordan makes more sense actually. Um and he he was he was fabulous. He just eating up the the scene every scene he was in just came with so much authenticity and so yeah. much believability. And to be honest, he he sort of outshone uh the guy playing T'Challa and everything, which is Chadwick Boseman mm -hmm. and stuff. And it just he just he was fabulous. Like I yeah, absolutely it's such a shame he has such a finite end. I was mm -hmm. I'd be really hoping to see him again. But there's no coming back from where they yeah. end. That, that, that was a letdown. I saw that going somewhere else, but um, mm. yeah, never mind. Uh, but, but at the end, when he says the whole line about, you know, like my brothers on the slave ship to go up and kill the sea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh. fuck me. Yeah, legit. Okay. <laughs> You've you convinced me that death here is the right choice. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. That's quite a heavy movie. It takes its um, sort of ethnic backstory and mm -hmm. supporting cast quite seriously doesn't it it's not just for show it does it's an impressive balancing act because i don't think it hits you over the head with the persecution of minority races too much there's a bit in the opening where it's doing that kind of animated sand stuff where it shows the slave ships yeah but they don't really talk about slavery or oppression very directly for most of it but they no, get away they, with they, not they, needing to that's Which right. It, do, it doesn't feel as if it's uh, sort of uh, a finger wagging at white people. It's just, you know, this is your history. You know yeah. your history. Yeah. We don't need to fucking tell you it again. Yeah. You know what's happened. Um, it's impossible not to know, and you know it, it has had consequences. You know, so mm -hmm. um, no, it's it's cool. It's a cool movie. I look forward to the sequel. However, less impressive on your little show notes here. The Commuter. Why <laughs> did you watch The Commuter? Like, where you held at gunpoint yourself. <laughs> I bought like, it. Sarah wanted me to buy it. Uh, so that's another thing I got on the uh, Microsoft Store. Um, she enjoys that stuff. And I do too. I like Liam Neeson. Yeah, but it's the kind of thing I'd watch when it's on movie. TV. Yeah. yeah. Jesus. Not a great... Anything more to... You want to add? I can tell you about it. If you've seen any, any of Liam Neeson's action mm. movies, you know exactly what you're one, getting. It's one of those. It's got Vera Farmiga in it from out of um bates motel uh, yeah she's good she's good but she's yeah. not in it very much so it's pretty much what you would expect from a guy who has been wronged and has some skills that he can deploy to make things right you know the usual it's fine cool that's all i have to say about the commuter cool i, I just yesterday i just watched jurassic world fallen kingdom oh, yeah. um first of all as a cinema experience going I, I very rarely now go to the cinema more than like a week or so after release because I'm always there at the you know, opening weekend, you know, that sort of thing. And it's always rammed. However, going to see this at 12 o'clock on a Saturday afternoon, 
um, when there was literally four of people in the cinema was very pleasant. <laughs> I'd forgotten how nice it was to sit in an empty cinema uh, yeah, and right. watch and watch a film. It, it, fucking lovely. Um, and it was a much better movie than it deserved to be. Like, I didn't think it was going to be that great. I'll be honest with you. Um, I liked Jurassic World. Um, however, there's, there's, you know, it's not amazing. Um, this, I thought, though, took the formula in a in an interesting direction and mm. um it, it's very much the it's very much more of a horror movie than an action movie and it actually reminded me a lot of uh, alien at times and there's some really good scares in there that you was know, the they same really... in the last one there was a load of stuff in jurassic world that was just totally ripped from aliens like three, uh, or four, three or four points in the movie remind me they've, they've taken that shot for shot almost Oh, you're talking about the end bit with the with the with the T Rex with the when she stood yeah, there the with the flare. Yeah, yeah um, no, you know. I, well, look, look, a bit look. With the head cams and they're all like going out yeah. in sequence. There's this loads is of less. Stuff. This is weird though. This is less aliens and more alien. All oh, right. Um, uh, but it's a different director. Um, Trevor Rowe is executive producer on this and producer, but he wasn't the director. Um, so there is it is different, and and it's actually I believe it's a guy who's got horror pedigree. Uh, and was clearly hired because of the second and the third act intentions of this movie. Um, the first act is very much this roller coaster. You've seen it in the trailer with the dinosaurs on the island as it's exploding. Yeah. Um, and it's and that's, you know, you've pretty much seen all of that in the trailer. However, I thought the pacing was better. The characterization for Pratt, um, Chris Pratt and the girl who's, I can't remember her name. I've forgotten her name as well. It's is, bad, it, is it is it is it Jessica Chastain or something like that? The actress? I no, it's someone else. No, I don't remember her name at all. Um, Bryce Dallas Howard. Maybe? That's it. Yeah, I think that's it. All right. Okay. Um, and Something yeah, like what that. they've what they've done and what they actually tackle, I thought, which was interesting in this, is that you guys, you you two people, are actually very much responsible for the bad shit happening here in the second film. So first of all, Bryce Dallas Howard was the, the person who was you know the administrator of Jurassic World. Right. Yep. And she was behind a lot of the genetic experimentation that was happening there uh -huh. and then, and authorized it. And then Chris Pratt is the one that trained and created like trainable behavioral instincts within the velociraptors. So mm. this kind of this, this these good intentioned mistakes have come back to haunt them in a big way in the mm. second movie without spoiling it. And I actually thought that was kind of cool um, and actually quite smart. Um, it does borrow a lot of the beats from Lost World. You can't deny that they've they've sort of looked at that sequel and gone, how do we do that better? Um, and it is better, and it is better, and then it leaves things in a really interesting place for a third film. Um, so I'm definitely intrigued to see how they finish off this trilogy. And you know, we'll talk about it later. But this, off the back of me enjoying that, I went and bought Jurassic World, uh, Jurassic uh, Evolutions, uh, Jurassic World Evolutions, which is the game that's just come out from Frontier. Uh, but we'll talk about that when we talk about the games. But yeah, that was I, I enjoyed Fallen Kingdom a lot more than I thought I would. I tell you what, Richard, I came away from that going, that was a much better movie than Solo. So really? I had a, I had a lot more fun watching this than Solo. Have you seen Solo yet? No. No, I won't. I won't go into it. But I definitely, as a roller coaster, as a thriller, as an action movie, it, it, I I came away a lot more uh, hyped and excited and talking about it with the people I went to see it with than I did in Solo, where where everybody just sort of went, yeah, it was, yeah, it was alright. <laughs> it was alright. Um, there was much more to talk about with the end of Jurassic World here. So mm, take it as you will. Very different films. Uh, that's but... um, 
Yeah, that doesn't put Solo in a great light, does it, really? Mm, I don't. I don't agree. Right you you mentioned fine. this adhering to the formula. Um, I've heard similar that it is quite a formulaic film, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. But, um, yeah, if it well, does it well. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah, they've had a formula since the original Jurassic Park. You know, there yeah. there is a way they make these movies. Um, but much like there is a way they make Mission Impossible movies, which I'm super excited for Fallout, uh, which is coming out soon, or or any movies, really. Anything that's a franchise usually has some kind of formula, doesn't it? A structure they that they stick to. The Marvel movies do it, you know. They, they, you know, yeah, they, they might do. change I mean, to a different bit, but... degrees. I mean, what a successful formula shouldn't be transparently formulaic, or should it? It should. No, I suppose. And twists. I suppose, but you know, we, you get that in all entertainment franchises, video games, books, films, you know, all, all of them, you know, it's all play, they all play with the structure they establish, you know, so yeah. anyway, anyway, and the other one, other little thing I wanted to give a shout out to, because it's very cinematic as well, is I've been watching Bulletproof on Sky One. Have you heard of Bulletproof, Rich? Oh, this is the thing with uh, a guy. Noel from... Clark. Noel Clark, yeah. Yes. I haven't seen him um, Noel Clark, who was, who was behind writing it um, and producing it and getting it made, as well as um, being one of the main characters in it. And it's basically, um, there's a few sort of elevator pitches you could just, ways you could describe it. It's, it feels a bit like British Bad Boys. Got a bit mm-hmm. of a, like a, a UK Bad Boys vibe to it. The, the Will Smith, Martin Lawrence films, which is now getting very, very old. If you think about it, they're still, I think, trying to make a third movie. But whether or not that ever happens, who knows? Yeah. It's also It also reminds me a bit of the Sweeney um the original kind of like cops kicking down doors not really needing warrants or following any kind of process but just doing what needs to be done um um, like sort of tongue-in-cheek because bad boys is a silly it's it's the it's the characters the characters Mm. have a great relationship the two main characters have a fantastic realistic brotherhood between them right Mm. um however the, the stuff that's going on is actually very serious you know they're dealing with you know crime real crime that you know would be with real consequences and people die they have a lot more shootouts than i think british police generally do but Mm. you know that there is there is definitely a great it has a really nice balance of human drama action set pieces and comedy um and it all works very well together at this point and i've been really hooked in i i haven't watched this week's episode yet i haven't had a chance because of e3 and stuff but um i'm gonna watch it but i'm really enjoying it it's very very well made and each episode feels like there's budget to it feels very cinematic it's shot very much like a film um yeah I'm, I'm really impressed with the production standards and the quality of the writing and stuff here uh and Noel Clark's always been a fantastic actor a great creator you know behind a lot of films behind a lot of projects and it's cool to see him um having fun here he actually plays more of the he plays more of the straight character I guess in many ways on the show mm. um but the, him and him and the other actors main kind of like interactions are are brilliant and you re- and they do a really good job making you care about the stakes which are just growing and growing as it goes along um you know they've got some episodic sort of storylines but they also have like a serialized arc thing going on as well um and yeah it's it's definitely worth checking out rich man yeah, yeah I'd say it you you have sky don't you I can't remember I, I know Joel no. doesn't I'm on Virgin. What channel, oh, your Virgin. Yeah, you know, which Sky channel is it on? It's Sky One. Oh, I've got that. Cool. Yeah, if you, if you can watch it, like it's in, it's one of the shows they have in 4K, but it's in uh, in um, regular 1080p as well. So yeah, definitely worth checking out. Um, I think that that's a, sh- a shorter streaming, that's our streaming section. section. But we need to know how Frank is, Rich. Yeah. Speaking of streaming. Oh, um... lovely. <laughs> 
unofficial BXB uh, games mascot, Frank. He's unwell once again. Yeah, he's uh, he's been to the vets again um, on Friday to have his ass tended to because he had um, a weird growth. So that's been sliced off. He now has stitches in his butthole and um, he has to wear a weird collar thing so he doesn't eat out his stitches. So he's not having a good time, poor little Frank. But uh, I think he's on the mend. He's sat with me now eating a biscuit. Oh. So, yeah, poor little fella. Poor guy. I mean, yeah, um, I've got I've got two cats, and one of them is always down the vets with stupid shit. Mm. Like he'll 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 have you know got his head like. I'm like oh, what did he have the other day? He had like a hole in his head right on his forehead, right where he'd had a fight with a fucking squirrel. How and does squirrels that happen? Have, squirrels are vicious it turns out the vet was saying and it's like the, the squirrel must have just gone for his head you know in defense because he's probably hunting the little fucker yeah. and it, and it's left big like deep cut in his head uh you know so he had to have a little shade he had a ball patch in the middle of his forehead look like a right twat um but it's all healed up and then it's things like last a couple of years ago he would repeatedly get you know how cats chew grass to like create hairballs and stuff like that so yeah you know, it's part of what they do but he'd get like gr- grass uh long bits of grass stuck under his palate because mm-hmm. I don't know, he didn't know how to do it. And that happened like three times. So due to him, our, our pet insurance just is going, goes up like every other month. We have to pay a higher amount because the uh, amount of times he's had to go to the fucking vets over really, I mean, at one point he got, he got hit by a car, we think. Right. But luckily mm-hmm. it only broke one of his legs. Yeah. But like he was in a cast, and it was like, oh my god, that was that was a couple of years ago. I but we love, you know, funny, though, right? That's worth paying for. Did look pretty funny. You look like a <laughs> you look like a right plonker, and he's got like a gammy <laughs> foot now from it, where his claws are all out, like mangled a bit and out of line and stuff. But it doesn't right. affect him. But yeah, he, he's he's adorable, and we love him to bits. But yeah, he's just constantly getting in trouble, um, and it, yeah, it's a constant expense. But yeah, vet bills are bullshit. Yeah, but what can you do? You, you're going to pay. You love them, don't you? You love them to bits. So it's like... I agree, yeah. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. You, love, you clearly love Frank. I really love Frank, but Obviously. You know, there is a limit to how much I would pay. No, there isn't. No, there isn't. There's no <laughs> There's no time that you're going to go to the vets and go, we can fix it. It's going to cost you X, and you're going to go, no, put him down. That's just, just not what you're ever going to do, Richard. I know that for a fact. And I know because I know I wouldn't. And you just, you just, you just pay. I don't know. Love them. There is a line. No, there isn't. I don't believe you. I don't believe you. You're not a hard man. You're not a hard man, Richard. <laughs> You're a heart of gold. Like, like, well, BXB only has softies. That's the thing. We don't, we don't like hard, scary men like that. We, we only well, like. Look, I'm not, I'm not looking for an excuse to kill my dog. <laughs> <laughs> what's the what's the cutoff point? Three grand, four grand, ten grand. What is it, Richard? What's the line? You, you psycho. Uh, no. Um, should we talk about some some gaming stuff? Should we get onto E three now? How do you want to do this? Do you want to go through our predictions first, or do you want to talk about your your picks and and you know what you enjoyed and general impressions? How do you want to do this? I'll let you pick because I've done what feels like forty thousand hours of E three podcast at this point. So let's do predictions first and then we can right. get into the meat. All right. We'll do this in like a round robin format in the way we did the predictions. If you haven't listened to the prediction show, uh, it was the last proper um, bits and bobs episode from a couple of weeks ago. Worth checking out. Uh, I've linked to it in the show notes as well. If you can't somehow use the website, um, but we'll do round robin. Do you want to, do you want to start off 
we'll score we'll, we'll work out our scoring system like if you 100 percent nail it you get a point if you get say most of it right or half of it right we'll do a half point um but that's going to be judge's decision which will be between me and you right now and then we'll tally up the scores and uh and see how we all do at the end. I, I will be mentioning Joel's predictions as well, who's not with us today, um, so that he gets a fair shake. Uh, Richard, go first. Give us one of your predictions. Okay, my first one was the new Elite controller for Xbox. So, uh, so that is a big no. Um, Surprised I, at that. Yeah, I was. I was. Well, I was and I wasn't. I mean, when you when you look back at their show, uh, it was just games. It was just games for the most part. Like, you know, there was a couple of moments of talking about the future uh, and their studio acquisitions and stuff like that. But well, it was a million, billion briefly. games. They, they did say that they've they've got engineers working on the next Xbox, but that was yeah, as far as the hardware announcements went. Next, next gen confirmed, baby. Mm. Um, okay, no, so that's a that's a that's a zero from you. Mm -hmm. um, this isn't all in the order of we predictions it, but I'll mention my crazy one that I put in at the end of the show. Uh, Mortal Kombat open world game using the Shadow of War engine <laughs> did not happen. Didn't think it would, but but I hoped. You know, it'd have been a cool idea. Uh, so that's a uh, uh, from me on that one. Uh, Joel, he put new Assassin's Creed game, but I think I like, didn't he we sort of say he couldn't have that because we already knew it was happening. Yeah. So I'm sorry, Joel, you can't, you're not here to fight that corner, but we are not giving you a point for that. I told you on the predictions episode, it wasn't allowed because it had already been leaked. Well, so even that's... if we didn't know, we knew. Well, yes. <laughs> it's Assassin's Creed. You can't have that. So, uh, uh, right. You're on. Next one. Uh, Halo. I'm, I'm expecting half a point for this. What did you put exactly? Can you remind me exactly what you argued? I can't remember. I said we'd see uh, Master Chief Collection update for the X, which I don't think that's we, we didn't saw, see it. We didn't see it, but, but it's it coming. It's happening, coming. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's that wasn't a rumor. We knew that, yeah. Yeah, I thought they'd I, I knew it was happening, but I thought they'd sort of Shut release up. it during E3. Nice. Um, but they the other bit... to, they confirmed it's coming to Game Pass, didn't they? But they didn't show yes. any updates. That's right. But I did say that there'd be a teaser for a new Halo reboot, and I'm stretching the definition of reboot. But there was a new Halo game that goes back to the roots of the franchise, and it wasn't a numbered Halo. So, as the show's gone on, more details have come out about Infinite. Yeah, and that is the chief. At the yes, end. It is. Right. I wasn't sure if it was the Chief or it was just going to be a Spartan. That is the Chief. What Halo Infinite is, we still don't know. It was more of an unveiling of their new engine tech mm -hmm. that they're using to make it. Now, if Halo Infinite is instead of Halo 6, I'd be very surprised. I do get the feeling that it's a, share wo a shared world shooter, which is what I called it when we, me and Joel were talking about it in the post-Microsoft conference. Like, like think like Destiny. an MMO Destiny Bungie type thing. Yeah. Mm. Um, I would be surprised if it was a reboot. But I would give you, yeah, I'd give you half a point for that if you're, if you're happy. Because I you think mean. that you, you kind of, you, you know, there was yeah. something Halo that wasn't... When I said normal. reboot, I didn't mean, I, I probably should have been more clear. Um, but I didn't mean, right, this is Halo starting from scratch. Mm. Or just something that goes back to the original style of Halo, which this absolutely is because it's on a Halo. And, and, uh, and the Chief's the... armor is old school. If it's you look at the helmet, armor, it's yeah. old school armor. Yeah, so it's it's without all the the updates that we got in four and five for the look. Mm. Um, what all that means? 
who knows who knows maybe it is a reboot maybe that is what that's going to be post six they they restart the franchise but i don't know how mm. they'd make that work without pissing off everyone i really don't don't but you know interesting though um so joel, joel up next yes that's right isn't it metroid prime, yeah. prime 4 will, will not release this year the focus this year will be on smash brothers i oh, i'm not sure that right <laughs> i'm not sure if i can give him that because come on they did about half an hour out of a 50 minute show on smash yeah, brothers but, but isn't it all really obvious i mean that's a re i mean all right we'll give it to him Go on. i mean that is correct isn't it i suppose yeah so we'll get a solid point on that but even if it was a really safe safe as houses it was, it was safe that. but yeah um gears of war bonanza uh, Battle Royale, this is me, Battle Royale, uh, RTS, and new uh, third-person shooter. Um, I think I'm going to take a whole point for that. I might not have gotten the Battle Royale, but I predicted that there'd be three Gears of War games shown. Yeah, and, I, pretty... and I got the RTS, the, the third-person shooter, you know, the next iteration. You know, I didn't get the Battle Royale. Who the fuck could have predicted Funko Pop Gears of War? <laughs> I mean that that was the weirdest shit. Can you imagine but... if they'd stopped there? That was the biggest letdown. But um, nice, yeah. uh, nice. That was that, that was fun when we were when I was watching that live, and it was like the ultimate troll. It was like Gears of War, <laughs> pop, and everybody was like, "What?" <laughs> I, thought, I thought that there was going to be a stage invasion. Like yeah. I actually thought the crowd was going to riot at that point. It was, <laughs> it was super funny. Um, it would be churlish not to give you that full point. You did well on that one. Uh, your next uh, point, yes. Next was from Software's next game announcement, which I thought was going to be Bloodborne 2. Turns out that's wrong. It's a new franchise called Sekiro. Um, so I was incorrect. We we also got at Microsoft, what was it called? I can't remember. We got we got the full unveil of what they teased last year as well, didn't we? Do you remember that, the one that with is the... What they teased? The Shadows Die Twice thing from last year yeah. was Sekiro. That was that was Sekiro. Sekiro, yeah. Sekiro, yeah, yeah. Um, so that was that what we we're talking about. Because wasn't there other from software games? Or am I imagining there was another from software game at PlayStation? Um I don't know. I didn't see the entire PlayStation show. I just watched the... much. um I watched all the trailers after because I'd heard it wasn't great, so I didn't put myself through the full thing. No, no, that's fair enough. So, what do you want? Do you want a half point for that, Rich? I think we can give you a half point for that. Really? Well, you predicted a, a, a From Software game reveal. Uh, okay, I'll take I'll take the half. I mean, that that feels a little bit cheaty, but if you want to give it to me, uh, Call of Duty Black Ops Four. This is Joel. Will fail to impress, signaling the signaling the downfall of the series. I love how dramatic that is. What, uh, the lack that because he's going to come the, back next week and say, "Yeah, I wasn't impressed." <laughs> The lack of single player and the success of PUBG and Fortnite. Um, I don't. It didn't really show anywhere. They, they, they didn't really do it, did they? They didn't do any of it. Um, it no. wasn't. It wasn't on any stage. Um, yeah. I, well, did I miss it? Was it on anything? I don't think they've got that much to show yet. I think what it was was they did the announcement before the show, didn't they? Yeah, a little yeah. while before E3, and they're going to do another thing later on in a couple of, in a month or so's time. Mm. So they just skipped E3. So I'm sorry, Joel, you can't have any of that because it can't fail to impress if it's not there. So Fair. yeah, Fair. I I put here no Halo from Xbox yet. Now, yeah, you I would argue no, I would argue for half a point for this because there was no Halo Six, Bullshit. which is what I was getting at. Bullshit. 
All right. Well, I'll just, I'll just, I won't, I'm not going to lose a point. We're not doing that, but I won't, I won't get a point. Then fine. Um, we, uh, we don't I'll even know do. if this, this Halo Infinite, it might technically be six. I don't think it is. I don't, I don't think, think it, is it can't be. It can't be because it just can't be because there's no there's no hints in that trailer of the Cortana stuff and the the rampancy stuff or any of that. So no, there's there's no way it can be. I'll quickly throw out next one because I think I had a few more than you guys. Uh, the next PlayStation Beyond Good and Evil Two is the first confirmed game. We did get a great showing of Beyond Good and Evil Two, <laughs> I thought, but nothing to do with the next PlayStation hardware or anything. No. We got more. We got more about sorry, excuse me, Xbox hardware. In at least acknowledgement that they're going to, there is one in development. Um, yeah. So no, nothing, nothing for that for me um, at all. So, Rich, Project Seven from Remedy is surprise, surprise, not Alan Wake Two. So no points for me. But however, we see... will be talking about that shortly, won't we? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't yeah. wait to hear your thoughts on all that because uh, I certainly had certainly when I saw that footage, I, I had some immediate reactions. Um, so I'd be very curious to get your thoughts on that shortly, but it wasn't Alan Wake 2, which isn't like you, what I really would have loved to have seen. Yes. Oh my Mm. God. That would have been. I'm just glad that it is a third person story driven, uh, adventure. So yeah, it's pretty much like Alan Wake and Quantum Break, but something new. So great. Looking forward to that. Oh yes. We'll, 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 yeah, we'll discuss it shortly. Um, Joel here. EA will announce slash show a single player Star Wars game, uh, an attempt to win back some of the fans. Uh, review their exclusive to talking about their exclusive license teaser or something releasing next year. As this year it will be about Anthem. Okay, I think we're gonna have to give Joel half a point for this one. Um, they didn't show it; they barely announced it. Did you watch the EA conference? Yeah, I don't so know if he gets bit... a point for this because this no, was no. Well, well really? yeah, but this is the first time. This is the first time Vince uh, Zampella from from the Titan Souls developers Respawn is is sat in the audience in this in this bit, yeah. and he tells us what it's going to be called. What was it? Uh, the Last Jedi? No, something, something like that. What was it called? No, not the Last Jedi. Uh, no, I fallen Fallen Jedi, something like that, wasn't it? It was something, something about. Like fallen Order. Jedi Fallen Order, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, something like that. Oh, yeah. um, something to that effect. Pretty generic. Yeah. Uh, confirmed the time period this set between three and four can put confirm that it's going to be dark uh, but you're going to get to play with lightsabers and things like that they didn't show any footage they didn't give any indication of when it's coming out i don't think it will be next year to be honest i think he actually said you know we're aiming for the end of next year but i suspect it won't hit that mm. um so i you know i i, I want to give joe half a point though because we knew they were working on a Star Wars game already. We knew. Yeah, that but his prediction, ago. but his prediction was that it was going to be at the EA conference, the single player game. So uh, you, you know, he got that right. He played it safe, but he got it right. Did he? So that, no, I think it wasn't that. there. It was an acknowledgement of why it's not there. I'm going to give him half a point, Richard. You're a hard man. Okay. So you are a hard man. Actually, it turns out you're, you're a bit mean. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> give me no right. points and kill my dog, please. <laughs> <laughs> wow that's that's really fucked up um i i one of my wilder predictions was vr ar offering from xbox nope nope nothing not even a whiff not even a hint um i also said the next souls game will be on the playstation stage kind of along the lines of what you said but you were more thinking bloodborne from but there, there wasn't there wasn't no. we got we got a game ghost of shishima that looks a lot like 
a bit of a souls souls game it vibe does to look it. a lot like that yeah um but that's that's the uh i want to say who's making that that's insomniac or is that it's Sucker, no, punch. sucker punch sorry sucker punch it's only i can make a spider-man this is sucker punch mm -hmm. um and actually it's got it's got maybe a bit more of a witcher vibe to it with the the sort of the japanese witcher look to it i thought but yeah you know, the big open world and and some good looking combat but a little little bit of a souls vibe but it, i think it'd probably be easier in combat than that I'm guessing, uh, that's why I'm guessing that's why sekiro was on the xbox stage most certainly because yeah it would have been too much of a, a direct competition and theme i would have thought yeah. um so no, nothing for that for me go on what's what's yours my Next last one, one was last one new zelda on switch multiplayer zelda uh -uh. dude all we got from fucking nintendo with them that nothing. incredibly boring smash brothers half an hour of here's every character here's their moves for every character Here's and the none control of it looks new. <laughs> oh my God, Here's how was... icons change for each character. That was the worst, Jeez. the worst Nintendo Direct. That was so so boring. Um, Joel's last one. Uh, <laughs> Joel's last one was the, the hilarious one, if you remember, Richard. Uh, yes. Miyamoto <laughs> and Spencer, uh, dance on stage, announcing Mario and Master Chief Minecraft Adventures for the Switch. <laughs> Sadly, not. I would have loved to have seen it, Joel. You're pie in the sky, that one hard, but no, not quite. I've got three more, Richard, and I, I think I'm going to win looking at these three. I, I'm, I'm sad to say, Rich. This I'm going to win. It's not a fair contest, is it, if you've got way more predictions than me? You should have made more predictions, Richard. <laughs> what do you want from me? What do you want what from me? What competition is this? So the one, I, the, the one I definitely got wrong was Burnout is Back. I yeah. was really hoping for Burnout EA, um, but nope, didn't, did not get that. However... The big reveal for Cyberpunk 2077 on the Xbox stage, I yeah. nailed the shit out of that one. You like did. Like 100% back of the net. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm definitely taking that point. And boy, what a trailer it was. And the information that has come out afterwards from the 45-minute gameplay demo that Press have had makes me super excited to play that game. Have you been reading or seen any of this from the 45-minute demo, Rich? No, I haven't. I obviously so, saw it on the show, but not so anything it's, else. It's first person, not yeah. third person. Um, oh, weird. Yeah, yeah. So, they're, 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 you know, I respect that. You know, CD Projekt have done three third-person action games. I can understand why they'd want to try something new. Um, yeah. It has a syndicate slash Deus Ex vibe to it. So there's things like hacking doors, taking over systems. Yeah, I was just um, going to say Deus Ex. The first person yeah. puts it yeah. in that territory. But the way the way they, the the press have described it is that while it doesn't seem to be showing anything particularly new, yeah. the the package bringing everything together feels incredibly well honed. They're saying things like it's the most um finished looking demo that you know they'd seen at an e3 considering how far it might be out everything looked real everything looked like it was a shippable game mm. um so it, it seemed like there's a credible depth to the city you do you drive around in the city you have a car like a futuristic car uh, so there's gunplay with like look one of the stats you know how you have like strength intelligence dexterity and stuff like that when you're leveling up one of yeah. them is just cool it's just <laughs> put points in cool. Right. Um, it's a corporate controlled world, all this stuff, as you'd expect from a cyberpunk setting. Um, yeah, it just sounds like a game I'm going to lose hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours in, Rich. I really can't wait. It sounds amazing. Um, so I, I definitely got a point for that. Then the other one, if you don't want this to be unfair, I won't put it as a prediction because I actually threw it in at the very end of the show because I didn't think it was going to happen. 
because I was so I so thought it wouldn't happen. Uh, so I didn't put, bring it up in my, the prediction segment we did. However, I did sort of throw out there doom to hell on earth as a hope rather than any kind of realism. And then, my God, Bethesda fucking showed Doom Eternal, and mm -hmm. I lost my mind. I lost my mind, Richard. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, got, I got so excited. Um, it, it just, mate, I can't wait. And then they, they didn't say much about it. They're going to show a lot more at QuakeCon. And for the first time ever, they're actually going to be doing a, a, a streaming it from QuakeCon. QuakeCon yeah. is usually a, just a, a locked-down private thing that they don't normally um like they've never before shown footage from QuakeCon to people outside of it um but you know they just do it for the fans there but they're actually going to do yeah. a big reveal of doom um from QuakeCon, and that's in august i can't wait I'm talking mm -hmm. about twice as many enemies they've made you feel even more super powerful more guns it looks like it is hell on earth based on that teaser trailer it's going to be fantastic i can't mm -hmm. wait i'm going to have to finish the first game i can't believe yes. i've not done that yes Yes. No other words. Just do it. Just do it. So I won't take a point for that because, frankly, I don't need to. I think I, won anyway. I still won anyway. Total of one point. Do you have a point? I have two points, and Joel has one point five points. Though you argue just one. Um. So you could say you tied with Joel if it makes you feel better. But I'm the winner. Well done. Congratulations. That means you win. I get to keep of... my copy of Agony. Agony. <laughs> I should have lost! Oh god, I should have thrown that! What have I done? Oh no! I didn't well think done, that through. I didn't think that through, did I? Oh no, the desire to win overcame everything. Oh no. Oh god. So we touched on a few bits there. What else stood out to you? What were your some of your big shout out moments um, from the show, Rich, like what, you know, before we get into the, the minutiae, what was the, your favorite conference slash play slash direct that, you know, overall, to you? Yes, Xbox. overall. Yeah. Xbox. I thought it might be. Yeah. I know I'm, you know, fanboying for Xbox most of the time, but it was the best show. Wasn't it, it was, I think objectively the best one. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think Bethesda's second for me, close, cl quite close. A lot, obviously showed a lot less, Mm. I really liked some of those big announcements at the end. And I thought their whole style of presentation was really cool. And I really mm. enjoyed it, like, to watch. Um, so I think they, they, they come in close there. But, no, Xbox, just, man, announcement after announcement after announcement. It was crazy. Unbelievable. Yeah. And you talk about shout-out moments. There were moments where I literally did shout-out. That Ninja Theory acquisition, I was out of my chair screaming at that one yeah, in front surprised. of the wife and she was like so, really <laughs> but, so me, um, me and joel talked about that quite a lot um how surprising it was for them to almost get that out from under playstation um yeah, yeah. because famously ninja theory have done a lot of playstation exclusives um until until recently uh, hellblade was basically j just playstation obviously this has come off the you know the fact that's coming out on xbox has probably got now got a lot to do with what's going on behind the scenes here um but yeah, I would always consider them a second party PlayStation developer. So for them, for Microsoft to buy them, that's massive. That's crazy big. Yeah. Well, I think they started out um, not really being an, an, under any particular banner at all, did no, they? No, they, their first no. Game, they were on Xbox to begin with, with their first game, but I can't remember what it was now. But yeah, they had Heavenly Sword, which was PlayStation 3 exclusive. That was a big launch exclusive. Um, yeah. 
Hellblade, I, th I think it was PlayStation 4 exclusive more because of the financing and because mm -hmm. they're an independent studio and couldn't afford to do two formats at once. It was more that than having any sort of deal. But yeah, it does feel like um, a surprising turn and a good one if they put the money in and support them to do what they need to do. Uh, that's the idea, isn't it? So rather than Ninja Theory be hobbled by an uncertain future into what they can allow themselves to make, they can go full full um, force forward into something really big and truly AAA so without worrying about it. Something interesting I read about Ninja Ninja Theory was that uh, with a studio of over 100 people, um, yeah. they had about 20 people working on Hellblade and everybody else was contract yeah. work to fund it. So, mm -hmm. you know, when you take away that that need, what yeah. do we get? What yeah, can we get? Right. You know, that's that's super exciting to see what they can make with a, all their studio power behind yeah. projects for Xbox. Even without um, further without further building that studio, that's a fivefold increase in their resource to build the next game. So that's exciting. Yeah, uh, there was lots of I mean, the studio acquisitions was a really crazy part of that show, like in general, like, wow. There's some investment here. But I mean, yeah. what I talked about with Joel was that this is investment for the next generation. Yeah. You, you're not, you're just sadly not going to see realistically, I don't think it's possible you'll see anything from any of these studios on this generation. So, you know, don't expect anything for three or four years. Mm. Um, and, you know, uh, sorry, Xbox fanboys, but that's, that's how this shit works. It's, it's Phil, Phil, you know, and then if you take that into account with what he said towards the end of the show about, you know, talking about the next generation of hardware, I don't want to say it's an admission. It's not an admission of the feat because that's not really how they see this. I mean, the Xbox one uh -huh. has still been super successful. However, they are starting to pivot towards what comes next now. Um, I didn't get that vibe. I, I felt like that was just a, a commitment to, console gaming because there is talk around this being the last generation of consoles yeah. um, i think they said that the last one as well actually but it's just an acknowledgement no they are committed to this in the long term both in terms of game development they've bought all these studios they've set up their own new ones they've got a load of exclusive stuff coming um they also are committed to the hardware side and they're actively developing the next console now so they're in this for the long haul yeah, I didn't, no, I, did, I, I didn't see it as a right. Xbox One has failed. We are now going to work on the no, next one. but but you couldn't. I mean, it's inevitable that the internal thinking must be moving towards that. I mean, it must be. You, they they must be looking to the future because they always have to be. This is a technology company, after all. Um, so you well, know, these it, even if, even if PlayStation wasn't in the lead, they would still be working on the next console now. It's just they just they I, yeah. Of course like they, they would. I don't. I don't think they'd be as bullish about outwardly, openly um, confirming investment as they were at this conference and and mm. acknowledging mm. existence of it. Being the first company to acknowledge existence of the next generation, um, yeah. you know, I, I don't think they'd be doing that if they were winning, as, as it were. But it isn't about. It's such a difficult thing, right? Because it's a real holdover from fucking twenty, thirty years ago. The idea that they that these companies are competing for first place that isn't what they're doing it doesn't matter no. it doesn't matter at all because they've still sold 
tens of tens of millions you know they still have a very strong install base they're still doing very good with sales uh and game pass and all these other interesting initiatives they're making a lot of money they're not like losing out here so you know i, I think thinking of it as winning and losing is ridiculous we all win in the end you know every gamer wins because of the innovations that come from this competition so it's great it's great bring it on bring it on i'm i'm super excited to see what what comes out of these studios man i can't wait i can't wait um so what else have you got on your little picks list? Division two. I didn't yeah, think you... I'd care. I really didn't think I'd be that bothered because div the first division game, it was, it was okay. I came into it really, really late and I've not really done any of the multiplayer stuff. I basically soloed the whole thing, but um, I enjoyed the division division two. I was kind of, yeah, I suppose it'd be okay. But seeing the new Washington DC setting and, um, how much they've built on the first game it's got raids now it just makes me really excited for it got raids now that we'll never play no, uh, but... <laughs> <laughs> let's be honest uh, <laughs> eight players when are we going to do that no, that's um... <laughs> it does look great though uh, the, I look, I really the... like you know I love the division. The first division is a great mm -hmm. game. I put loads of hours and time into that. I've done all the DLC and and all of that stuff. Um I think the idea of it, I love the quasi-military, realistically set, photo-realistic, beautiful world that they made yeah. in New York. Absolutely stunning. And the idea, let's take it to the nation's capital. Let's let's lean on this idea that there's a new American Civil War. It's a great idea of speculative fiction, you know, uh, mm -hmm. near-future sci-fi sort of concept. Really, really engaging. Um, it was interesting to see how little things like the UI has changed. <laughs> you know, the, right. that they've got to this point with the original Division now where they've done so many updates and patches that you can tell this was live development for, for prototyping the sequel. Yes. The sequel. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, oh, well, this now all works really well. Let's just move that into a new setting. Yeah, sure. Let do yeah, and I think what they'll well, do. They pretty much said that, right? They, they they said that they'd done so much yeah. work on on the original division that that set them up for the sequel to be a really long term big deal now. So they're going to be supporting this for years, and the first year content is all going to be free. I think all the content will be free. I think I think they're going to do something very much like we'll look at the the pop the the successes of Rainbow and look at the success of um, For Honor and how. Yeah those they're they're building platforms ubisoft they're not building to make franchises now so much i mean those games will probably have sequels but they're still a way off you know they're mm -hmm. looking at like three to five year tales on these games yeah. uh, which i think is brilliant like really good for the industry really good for the consumer that yeah. you're getting this level of investment and commitment um and it's super super cool i mean ubisoft so let's talk about a little bit about ubisoft's conference um off the back of the division two stuff um a, a renewed commitment and energy um you know after the last conference where it felt like it was eve's last that it felt like a goodbye from the ubisoft we knew mm -hmm. super happy to see that's not what happened and then i loved the ending of the conference where he brings out all of the developers that have been there that day for the conference and it even though ubisoft is probably the largest developer slash publisher in the world for the amount of people it employs directly right yeah. it still feels like a family-run organization yeah. It's got an incredible sense of community and and that they care for their hundreds of thousands of employees, you know, yes. in, in, in nearly 30 studios or something ridiculous across the globe. And yet it feels tight knit. Like, I don't know how they do that, but there, there's a great sense that it's led from the top and that 
you know, there, there's a community spirit to it uh, and, and a commitment to making these awesome experiences that are going to last. And, I, and that's why I love the, the, Ubisoft, yeah, the Ubisoft spirit, the, that sort of socialist, yeah, very French spirit, you know, mm -hmm. that's uh, that's why I'm so glad it's still Eve at the top. That if mm -hmm. it got bought by Vivendi, it would probably become something like a new EA or Activision. You can see why a company would want to acquire and take over Ubisoft because I think it has an incredible portfolio all these established studios, there's a lot of things you could do to really leverage that uh, and do bad things with it in a way and turn it into a turn it into an Activision, which I think has become the most disgusting kind of <laughs> money-grabbing awfulness <laughs> ever right now with what they're doing with uh, the new Call of Duty and, and how they're... You know, did you hear about this fucking pre-order Call of Duty Black Ops 4, yeah. right? And, this, the, and you can get some new maps for Black Ops 3 by pre-ordering it, but that's only on PlayStation. And that's the only way of getting the maps. Fucking and it's just yeah. like, and then there's another thing. If you want, if you want, I think the season pass for Black Ops 4, the mm -hmm. only way of getting it is if you buy at pre-order the super fancy expensive edition of the game, it's not going to be sold separately after release. Great. And it's just like, so that, so that game's going to do well. <laughs> what you're saying is you have to commit and pay all this money yeah. before you even get to see the game. What's in the season pass? I, I, look, I'm not massively interested in COD Blobs. I'm not going to lie. So I've not been looking into it that closely. But I have, however, seen a lot of the reaction online. Can and you imagine not, if it's maps, It's right? not been positive. <laughs> it won't be. Can you imagine no. if it's maps? They're irreparably um, splintering their, their player base. Yeah. Player base on day one. I don't understand. what it's, it's, it, And the people are saying things like this online. It's like, it feels like they're just seeing how far they can push it at this point. Like, what can we get away with? And it and it and it's gross. It's just like guys. And then what they've done with Bungie and how that content is releasing, and you know that 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 whole new season pass thing they brought out for um the second year of Destiny Two content. It's just a bit. Hmm. Yeah. It's, it's like, and then you look at like look at what Ubisoft is doing. Look at what EA is now pivoted hard into in the whole the whole thing about EA Play's show was uh. Oh yeah, yeah. Loot boxes are bad. We fucked up. We fucked up so. Yeah. So <laughs> we won't do that again. We're really, really sorry. You know, I, I, I've never seen a stiff kind of corporate suit as much as the guy at charge of EA. He, he very nearly apologized without saying sorry. You know, yeah. it was kind of like yeah, I'm gonna yeah. take it as close to that as I can, mm -hmm. and that's the most you'll ever get from someone like that. But like, I, I was amazed how hard they are pivoting away. From, from the microtransaction loot boxes. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm amazed that Activision aren't following nope, suit. They're doggedly just... doubling down. It would be like, you know, they're just gonna they're just gonna bleed the player as dry as possible. Um, we'll see how that goes. The, the lack of a single player campaign in Black Ops Four as well. That's gonna bomb by Call of Duty standards. That is gonna bomb. I, I you say that, but I honestly don't think. They they know their numbers better than we do, Rich, and I just I, I'm pretty sure most people don't give a shit about the campaign in Call of Duty games. It's just us old people that can't be competitive now. I think I think you know, and we're not we're not the player base they're going for with these games at all. <laughs> no, I guess all. yeah, I, I guess so. Um, it's not just the campaign; it's the other stuff, isn't it? The the marketing around it, and you said there's mm -hmm. been bad feedback around it. Oh. So. I follow a lot of the, the gaming subs on Reddit and stuff. And look, people might dismiss Reddit like as, uh, but recently in the last year, I've actually got into using it quite a lot. Um, they have power. You've only got to see what happened with Battlefront 2. Yeah, yeah. That's basically because of Reddit, that U-turn, mm -hmm. right? Um, 
So, there, so there, there can be a lot of influence and power from those places. So you know developers and publishers are looking at it. The problem is the Reddit users know that as well. So they, they can, they can uh, like there was some backlash, quite heavy backlash around Cyberpunk because a lot of people wanted that this game to be third person. So when they found out it was first person, there's a lot of oh, negativity, even though they don't really know anything about the game. Because you've no no nobody on Reddit has seen that forty five minute demo behind the closed doors. So right. what the fuck? What are they judging their dislike on? Other than it's a slightly different perspective of camera. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so don't get me wrong. It can be as much bullshit as it can be a force for consumer advocacy. But yeah. like, so it it can definitely go both ways. Um, the internet in general and Reddit in particular and all those places like Gaff. You know, then they're, they're not all good. Definitely. But it is interesting. Like Activision will be looking at this, uh, and I hope I hope they listen. But so far they haven't, man. Like you've only got to see how much they doubled down on the Destiny content release, like to 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 keep going so hard as they are with that. And like I said on the last show, uh, Richard, I'm, I'm still going to buy it. I know I'm going to buy it. So I'm part of the problem. Yeah. But I'm, you know, um, let's talk about some other things. I just mentioned Cyberpunk. Some of the, some of my highlights, obviously, Cyberpunk 2077 and Doom Eternal. Top top of my list for picks from E3 this year. I mean, I Doom is less on there because it was just an announcement of an announcement, as it were. Like it was a teaser of more to come. But Cyberpunk yeah. 2077, without a doubt, the way they closed the Microsoft show with that trailer, um, that tra- it was a fantastic trailer, even though it wasn't like direct gameplay. Um, that's probably my only criticism of the Microsoft show, actually. Not enough people playing games on the stage. A lot of trailers. We got Forza demo. But we didn't really get much else, did we? I don't think that really was missing. I mean, my experience of people playing games on a Microsoft stage is not positive because it's always <laughs> corporate suits, isn't it? But with the scripted conversation about oh, we got the best script- mates and all of that. Talking nonsense. about Division Two, we got the best Division scripted two. conversation. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> what was that? Now, I love it when you get that. You know, nobody talks like that online, guys. No one. It's so funny. <laughs> the best bit, the most realistic bit of dialogue was when they when they turn player A turns to player B and B goes, shit, your level's really low. And they're like, Yeah, I need to get on that. <laughs> and it's like that was the, the most realistic bit of it. Like, um, however, however, the rest of it's just like, oh, t- play player C, cover me. I'm going in. Oh, I'm down, player A. Come and revive me. Sure, I'm on my way to revive you. No, if somebody gets downed in that situation, you cover your own ass. Like, oh, sorry, mate. You're going to have to go back to the spawn. We ain't coming to get you. And it's just like, that's what happens. Um, oh, but mate, it, it, was, it was very enjoyable. <laughs> it was very, very enjoyable. But so you don't, you don't think stage demos are that important at these shows anymore? Then? No, no, I don't. I, I don't think they re- ever really work. If they go smoothly enough, then... You might as well have just shown a trailer, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and when it goes wrong, obviously, you know what what was the point? So there's loads of times, isn't there, when you can remember people playing stuff on stage and it just fucks up totally. Most recent a- one for me, Uncharted Forced one, will always stick in my mind from recent years. Do you remember that? I don't remember that. I was thinking and about here we are in this beautiful Marrakesh, and and then you just stood there. Like the controller had died or something, and they just stood there, and they just stood there. They just, uh, oh, oh god, oh god! You could just hear them scrambling. It was, yeah. it was brilliant. It was brilliant. One of the Assassin's Creeds has a had a really bad one. I remember. Um, <laughs> Unity. I'm maybe. I think it, I think it was Unity. Yeah, um, that's but, not yeah. surprising. Seeing <laughs> the mess that launched in. 
Um, yeah, but I don't think they need to do that. I'm happy with the trailer. I would prefer it if if it was footage of gameplay, but it doesn't need to be live on stage for me. So, so best best kind of sort of fuck ups we had this year was at Ubisoft with the mics still being on. Did you watch Ubisoft? Yeah, yeah. Apologise so, so, for missing cues and stuff. Was it something? Like oh no, that? no, no. The best one was beyond after Beyond Good and Evil Two. Yeah. Um, they came off the stage and went, "We fucking nailed that." And it was just like, I love you. That's so human. You guys rock. That was brilliant. That was fantastic. Um, that was, uh, and then that that was also that 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 showing of Beyond Good and Evil Two. By the way, was fantastic, like amazing. However, when when Joseph Gordon Levitt came out and went, so we're going to get you guys to do all the work for us, um, <laughs> and it was just like you forgot to point something out, didn't you guys? Because Twitter exploded. I was watching this happen live. And Twitter went mental because it was seemingly implied that this was all like, oh, but you're going to do this for free. Mm. That your your payment will just be the kudos of being in the game. And it's like, actually, no, they do pay the creators that get their stuff used. Yes. So that, 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 that got clarified later. But it's like, yeah, probably should have mentioned that on the stage there, Joseph. Just and he, and you his think that was the intention before people kicked off? Uh, no, 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 no. It's it's something he's been doing for like the best part of ten years. His company, um, okay. and they've already paid out tens of millions to creators or something. He was saying, you know, he's what he said was his excuse was on Twitter was that it was in the script, but it got cut last minute for time, mm. and um, they they, I think he didn't have input on what was cut, and he he's reading off an auto cue, you know, and and it just didn't get mentioned, um, which was I think a, a bit of a, a bit of a faux pas there because people had a really bad impression of that for a while there. Oh, so you're going to crowdsource development and then not pay any of the people that create the stuff for you? Uh, fuck off. Uh, <laughs> about fuck off, fuck you, fuck off. <laughs> so it was kind of like uh, that was my first impression when I saw that. I was like, for real? This is really what you're planning on doing? This does not sound right. Yeah. Um, but no, thankfully it's not. Um, but uh, Beyond Good and Evil Two looks amazing like I, I i don't know how i mean the fact that they've said you know there was again behind the behind the scenes closed doors presentations and stuff and it's like every city all the cities so on the world you go to there'll be multiple cities nothing is procedurally generated it's all handcrafted and it's just like well how f i mean i know ubisoft is big but that's a lot of work if you're going to have a mm. bunch of planets to fly to um but no it sounds it sounds it sounds amazing and it sounds like it's coming along a lot more than a lot quicker than i thought it would be the, the rumor is we might work we might get it next year um i'm surprised yeah. it's actually happening yes mm. i mean yes and it's one of those cases as well um a bit like the prey reboot where it's the, sort of like well why are you even calling this beyond good and evil i mean other than the fact that you've got these genetically modified creatures i mean what's the actual connection <laughs> to to <laughs> to that game it seems very tenuous do you know what i mean yeah, like yeah. so they're just borrowing the brand because it's easier than creating a new one i suppose um but no i i'm i'm, I'm pretty hyped for that um let's let's talk about control because control. this was shown at playstation yeah. and this is I, the, the remedy first, game we talked this, about earlier remedy the first thing i thought when i saw this gameplay as is this a quantum break sequel yeah, it looks like literally, it. It looks so much like Quantum Break. Mm. Um, as soon as I saw it, you can you can see Remedy, can't you? I mean, it's like something about how they animate their characters, something about how they sort of shoot their action. You know, it, yeah. there is a look 
to a remedy game and it immediately it's, and then all, when the it's all about running, the timing and uh, uh, when something happens action tends to slow down so this dates back to max Payne when they invented mm. the whole bullet time thing they still include elements of that in their action um in every game that they do it's not always obvious but there, there's always a subtle sort of t- time shift that accentuates um the weight and impact of what their characters are doing which works really well and this is another have, one of those have you dug into this there's been again behind the closed doors showings of this have you read anything no what so no, you play you play the director of yeah. the federal yeah. bureau of control right right um you do have a name but i can't remember what it was um and basically there's a an alien invasion happening by a group of aliens called the hiss just called it's a cool name cool name i like that hiss hiss uh and you have powers obviously and the whole game is going to be set inside the walls of i think it's called something like the strangest house um, which is the name of the headquarters of the federal bureau of control and the and the building shifts and changes around you and like it has the right reality have you ever seen have you ever seen um the tv show the librarians no okay well that doesn't help as a reference but i got i got a vibe of that from it like a bit like so you're this supernatural or warehouse 13 a bit as well like a supernatural police force you know controlling weird shit and you're obviously based in this weird headquarters, which alters based on need and um, and things like that. Um, but you know, it's a, it's a, a fun like sci-fi Black. framework that's been built. You know, creative creative leader Sam Lake, as he always is. Um, yeah. so this is his his idea. Um, and yeah, it seems it's building on the mechanics, the graphics engine, and everything that was established with Quantum Break. Um, so it's 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 not a direct sequel, but boy, it could have been if that game had been slightly more popular. Yes. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It really yeah. could have been. Like, if it had been multi-platform, like this is going to be, Quantum Break probably would have had a sequel. Um, mm. And they've said, uh, what else did they say? There, there won't be any live-action cutscenes <laughs> or TV show. <laughs> so they're getting rid of that. Uh, and there's going to be more kind of in-engine uh, dialogue and l- a lot less cutscenes in general, you know? Um, okay. So they're, they're trying to make it a bit more direct action-y. Uh, and that's sit back and watch kind of stuff. But that's such a shame because that's kind of the shit the I love. <laughs> but I love that shit about Remedy. You know, all that sort mm-hmm. of... It's so fucking avant-garde and weird and, and unique. And it's what makes a Remedy game a Remedy game. But it's the the, the, the interview I said, she's the, I think she was the narrative Alan Wake designer. didn't do too much of that, though, did it? I did quite a lot. Have all the... I did a lot of cutscenes in Alan Wake. There's a lot of cutscenes. Not not like 25 minutes. Not to minutes the degree games, that but... Quantum Break had them, though. Yeah. No, but uh, uh, quite a bit though. Um, mm. Like most of the, the the exposition came from cutscenes. I think they're going to try and move it in game a bit more. Yeah. Uh, and basically, the the narrative lead she was saying, they, you know, they've listened to feedback. You know, so that's that's what they they what they've done. So uh, look, I mean, are you excited? Yes, yes, I am. I think just because it... it remedy, yeah, yeah. I, I I'm not majorly excited yet until i know more about it i'm just really glad that something in that vein is happening because when quantum break happened and um didn't do that well remedy talks about sort of broadening their um revenue streams really and just working out what they could do to survive and that included um 
more minor developments under the banner of other sort of publishers mm. uh, just to bring the money in. And my worry was that that would be pretty much all they were doing, smaller scale games just to keep them alive. But yeah, this looks as if they're powering on with what they're good at. So I'm excited that that is continuing. I just they, want to they, see more of the game. I mean, they've confirmed this is P7, Project 7. So sadly, yeah. it's not, you know, that means not Alan Wake 2 mm. being made. <clears throat> Sad like stuff like that. I I don't think I don't think they've forgotten that franchise. I don't think it's dead and gone. They won't. I do it. think they'll I mean, come uh, back to it at some point. Alan Wake is in Quantum Break, almost. They clearly love him and want to bring him back. It's just yeah, who's going to pay for it? <laughs> the end of the day, isn't it? Always, yeah. yeah. Um, but no, I, I was pretty excited about it. We talked about Halo Infinite. That's on your list as well. But we've already gone into that. I, yeah. I want to mention Anthem. I thought this was a. Uh, this was the kind of the best thing EA showed, without a doubt. Um, I still I, think I found it quite boring, to be honest. Yeah, Joel had issues as well, and that the 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 issue being, you know, what's its uniqueness? What's its USP? Uh, is it not just Destiny? But yeah. I said I don't think it needs to be um, unique to Destiny. I just think it needs to be what Destiny Two isn't, which is good. If it's if it's great, if it's well made, great combat, which it looks like. I mean, that the whole Iron Man suits, the javelins that you fly around, you know, the transitions from air to land through the water, all of that looks so smooth. The world looks so beautiful. If with good combat, good world design, and if they bring in what Destiny doesn't have, which is good storytelling and good characters, then it doesn't really need to be unique. It just needs to be better than Destiny. And if it's better than Destiny, it'll do incredibly well um and uh, you know just a sci-fi i thought the world they showed in this seemed really interesting the idea that the gods had made this world and they left the machinery behind that they used to create it you know yeah. and, and i think there's an interesting setup there you know yes there is so much destiny about it i mean the enemies looked quite destiny um you know and the, even the concept sounded quite destiny and stuff i thought it was mm. interesting when they had that weird awkward interview on stage where andrea renee was doing her awkward corporate sort of thing and uh they all sounded i mean casey hudson was there and and it was really good to see casey hudson but really mate i just want you making mass effect buddy that's i mean i know i know i'm so glad you're back at bioware casey hudson but at the same time just make make a new mass effect a good one that's, <laughs> that's really all i want um but no this was his baby this was his creation anthem he left the studio he's come back i feel like he's righted the ship i feel mm. like but even even then with those three people there they were struggling to tell me what this really was and what was gonna hook people in you know um this is it i mean I, I suppose my problem with it is the the biggest message i'm left with is why they want to sell it to me rather than why i want to buy it clearly they want to get into the success that destiny has had and take that space but you know that's why they want to do it what's in it for me and that it, it's not that interesting a concept is it it's just Oh, I don't know. Yeah, Flying it's, around it's, those it's... those Iron Man suits looked really fucking cool, mate. I mean, the idea of the and the, and the thing that you're not going to be tied to one class that you can change between them. That's that sounded cool as well. That, so you that can, is you cool, can... but there's not there's not a hook there for me yet. Yeah, what you want is it a, looks a, like what, there's a lot where's... of good bits, but I want something where's... to hook me. Where's the narrative hook? Yeah, that's what yeah. it's about, isn't it? Where's that story concept that you're going to go? Oh shit! Okay. Mm. Like, and you're going to take a step back and go, that's, that's fresh. That's exciting. I'm not sure there is one, or at least there isn't one yet. 
Mm. Like, you know, often is the the case with games story comes last almost like when it's fit put it in put into the game the narratives and the dialogue that's sort of the last element they you know it looks like they've been working on gameplay looks like they've been working on the world looks like they've been working on the design but yeah. i don't necessarily think the story's had the love it needed yet and i think it, that maybe that has to come be in late. i don't think it has to be story even because i i had that hook that i'm talking about i had that in division two and all it took was that opening um, shot of a jungle scene. And then it yeah, turns clever, out not, not to be a jungle. It's just like a garden in Washington. And you think, right, that's well, it. What, what sold me on The Division was the very confident presentation that the developer came out and gave at Ubisoft. He came out and he was just like, you know, he was clear. He was concise. Yeah. He made his pitch. And I bought it, you know. And I'm the like, game, Dude, The game I'm speaks for itself, though. I mean, the world in that. my feeling was right that's a place i want to be and that's what a game has to do that's what anthem has to do and so far apart from looking nice you don't get that from that world i thought it looked stunning well yeah it does look really good but it doesn't look like a place i feel like i need to explore other than just being visually impressive um no no, that's fair it just needs something for me to yeah i want to go to that place you know I, I dig it. I dig it, man. I feel you. Um, the other one I wanted to give a shout out to because I've read some more about this now uh, post uh, announcement, and that's Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Yeah. Um, talking about worlds you want to be in. Mm, yes. I want to be in the Hellenic era Greece. Yes, please. This looks fantastic. And now I've read more about it. I read Eurogamer's piece on, they played like three hours of it. And um, and had a deep interview with the developers. And basically, so this and Odyssey were made in conjunction with each other as a combined reboot of the franchise. So oh, the way right. they describe it is Odyssey rebooted the combat mechanics and the open world. And uh, sorry, not origin, sorry. And Odyssey uh, reboot is rebooting the storytelling and how the narrative is conveyed. You And then building upon the combat mechanics that we've already seen from Origins and their world. So that's, that's why in this one, we're going to be choose a protagonist, male or female. We're going yeah. to have the new dialogue options. They're, they're pushing it. What they're saying is they're, they're moving Assassin's Creed away from this um, stealth action game and moving it yeah. towards an action RPG setting. For, ex- for example, the characters in Odyssey are not assassins, right. nor will they become assassins at any point. They do not have a hidden blade, nor will they get a hidden blade. Right. So this is kind of a big departure. This is this is a huge departure, and it's set obviously several hundred years before Origins as well. Yeah, there is going to be a connection to the progenitor race. Obviously, as you can probably tell, the spear he's carrying, the Leonidas's um, spear uh, of of five uh, three hundred fame, uh, of which you play the grandchild, um, is a first civilization relic, mm. um, and there will be progenitor connections to the villains of the game as well and they will connect to the villains of origins and then obviously to the templars but the idea of assassins versus templars is being left behind they're okay. they're moving forward with what they want to create are these historically accurate um fantastically engaging action rpgs um with you know and i i at first, I was a bit like, oh, yeah, I really like my Assassin's Creed games. But I think this is the right direction to take this this series if they're going to keep it fresh and interesting. Um, and, and dude, there looks like a lot of cool you know, ship combat's going to be back in a, heavy, in a big way. You're going to have your own vessel again, like in Black Flag, which I'm really happy they're bringing that back. And they're cool. going to do these, these, they're doing these crazy, like, 150 on 150 fights. 
where they're going to have these these huge armies clashing and you're going to be in there amongst them. There's a bit of it in the trailer and the gameplay they showed. Uh, And then, you know, you might have a lieutenant or a couple of generals in that army, the opposite army that you need to take out. But you Mm -hmm. can fight all the other dudes as well and kill them. And you've got obviously these special attacks that you'll be leveling up, like the big United style kick you've seen in the gameplay. And and there's others as well. Mm. Um, I, I, I I can't wait to go and play no, I'm, I'm looking forward Greek, to it. Greek and, mythology, mate. It's going to be fantastic. You need to play Origins. No, I well, I've played a fair bit of it, but I need to go back. But uh, yeah, it's a franchise I really couldn't have given the first shit about for a long time. Uh, but if they're if they're veering away from what it was into what um, Origins has done, more in that direction. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited so, about that. It's it's interesting that you say that they were rebooted at the same time because there were so, concerns yeah. about them bringing out an, another Assassin's Creed only a year after the last. So to but, touch on that, Origins was made by the Unity team. Yeah, and Odyssey is made by the Syndicate team. Right. So they basically were created almost at the same point, mm-hmm. like within a few months of each other, and so they've been making this for about three, four years. Right. So that they, they, they have been on they were basically both on the same development cycle of three years yes. um but so if you think about it so yeah i think i think yeah and brought together and the way they're talking about it is this combined reboot between these two games mm-hmm. to freshen up the franchise no, um good. yeah I'm, I'm i'm down and they said so yeah your modern day connection will still be the same i think her name's layla from origins um she's she's still but there's they actually hint in the interview that there's going to be even more modern day stuff um not in a way to take you away too much from what's happening in Odyssey. It's a difficult yeah. balance. I I have always loved the modern day stuff. I really like the idea of Abstergo and the Animus and all of that and the sci-fi trappings and then connect that with the progenitor race stuff. And I, all like the idea of it. I really like all of it, but some people hate it with a passion. So I'm not sure it works that well. I, I like the idea of it more than how they execute that. But yeah, I don't mind it being there. So I think anything general you wanted to mention about E3 before we wrap up our post-E3 discussion and move on to some of the games we've been playing? I don't think that's pretty much it. I don't think there's anything else that really stood out. Um, Xbox stuff was my favourite by far. Um, Looking forward to Control. Um, I think that's pretty much it. It wasn't um, that impressive from Sony this year, I didn't think. Spider-Man looks great. I can't wait to play Spider-Man. I mean, oh, it's I, I Insomniac developed Spider-Man. You really bored? Really bored. Really yeah. bored. You just don't give a shit about Spidey, or didn't look? No, at, I, like, look good, I like or... Spider-Man. I like um, the Batman Arkham games, which this heavily ripped. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just a bit. Yeah, <laughs> I just didn't feel like it was that exciting. It just seemed really dull to watch. I don't know. Maybe, it went, maybe it went on. Too I've long. heard it's. I've heard though that the the, dem- the the trailer they showed um is this quite yeah like you said arkham set like closed environment boss fight stuff however the meat of the gameplay is swinging around a beautiful open world sunny new york and that's also been shown uh, to the press and that supposedly is very very good and very reminiscent of that freedom you got from spider-man 2 
web yeah. swing, slinging and stuff. So, uh, and it really, I, what I really like the look of is how they've incorporating his web powers and web abilities into the combat in ways that you'd only ever get from a Spider-Man game. So while, yeah, the mm. counter and the dodging, one bit I thought was cool, and Joel brought this up, is that when, when the enemies are tracked with the shields, you're like, oh God, and we have to counter and jump over them and hit them from behind. No, yeah. no, you just webbed a shield, swung it around his head, knocked three of them out at once, and it was just like, fuck uh. And he moved on. And it's like, yes, yeah. so this is a quintessential Spider-Man game, which Insomniac really seemed to get the power set of Spidey. So mm. I do think it will be a lot more interesting than just a, a Batman Arkham-style game. Yeah. Um, I think it's just the wrong I, thing for the presentation. It, it, yeah, yeah. I mean, they were trying to do like a more, narrative thing, we, It's like the third year that we've seen it now. Um, yeah, is it, th- is it really three? Yeah, I think uh, this is the third year. And it's just not that interesting to watch at yet another E3. So... Nothing else. Last of Us Two looked good. Yeah, uh, did it? Did it? Yeah. Did you sure, it looked good. Yeah, I think so. I thought it looked a bit. <sighs> the game doesn't demo well. I'm sure it's going to be a good game. Um, I thought, yeah, I thought it was really cool the framing device they used. Um, yeah. Uh, with the dance and the kiss, I thought it was fantastic that it was just like it's just two people in love. Like, let's just get over mm. ourselves, you fucking nerds. Like just move on uh the problem i had was everything else <laughs> it, it just looked like gratuitous violence for the sake of it um and it because it doesn't it doesn't frame that incredibly brutal action well in the demos um when you understand the context of it more which i'm sure you will when you play the game um mm. it, it might it might seem a bit less gross i guess but I just thought something I noticed there's a lot of in this in this E3 was female characters stabbing guys in necks, like because <laughs> it came up in the the Tomb Raider demo as well, yeah. and it's just like oh oh more neck stabbing, sweet. <laughs> They've obviously been watching a lot of Gerard Butler films. Like that's his favorite movies movies stabbing people in necks and heads. So it's just like bring it on. Um, I I I don't know. I I don't. It's, it's you know I never thought the Last of Us needed a sequel. Um, I think it ends so powerfully that having a sequel exist actually diminishes the impact of the ending and the narrative. Um, but yeah, it could do. But I have faith in Naughty Dog. I have faith that they I wouldn't do. do this if they didn't think it would work. Well, they've so, said as much, haven't they? They've said that they, they... It's been quite a long time since the first game. And yeah, they did five say years. They, we just they, had the five-year anniversary. Yeah, so, so they, they did say they wouldn't do another one until they found a story that actually justified doing it. So hopefully they have. But yeah, I thought it looked good. I didn't mind about the violent stuff because historically we know what The Last of Us is about thematically and that violence is a big part of it. And really, it was showcasing the gameplay of the thing, wasn't it? So that's what the gameplay is. I know it was uh, curious. We didn't really see any fungal zombies. We just saw human-on-human violence. Yeah. was interesting um it could be just that you know there's plenty of that in the first game um obviously but maybe it was just a level we saw for whatever reason it was just you know the the horrible scumbag humans that obviously deserve to die when you see them stringing up that guy and cutting his guts open uh i was pretty nasty um but um you know ellie is the single player the only protagonist in the game they've said the only person you control i do hope we get to see more joel and see where he's at there's obviously a reference to him in that demo um but you know i'd be be curious to see where the dynamic has shifted and stuff like that does ellie know what joel did i mean there's going to be a lot of of curious questions i think to explore uh and obviously i'm i'm excited to to play it but 
you know, we'll see. We'll see. Let's move on from mm. E3 then. I think we've, 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 me and Richard there, plumbed the depths of the best bits. Any, any, well, no, I, I don't want to do that. Let's not do bad bits. Let's not, let's just be positive and enjoy all the good stuff. Yeah. We enjoyed. Yes, let's do that. Um, let's move on to some game reviews. And I, I want to kick off, mate, with you telling us i played i played about five hours myself but i know you've played a lot more so tell me about the game you recently reviewed is it vampire or vampire or what do we know uh, i'm saying vampire i don't care if you tell me i'm wrong because i've got the microphone so screw you guys vampire it's really good i've been playing it lots even after i finished my review so that's a good sign if um if i'm not particularly into a game that i review once I've published, that is it. It won't see me again. But I've gone back to Vampire and played loads. Um, still not finished. There's lots in there. Um, this is from Don't Nod, the guys who did Life is Strange. Um, I went into this thinking it would be not so gameplay heavy because anyone that's played Life is Strange will know it's more about listening to people talk a lot and making choices in dialogue trees and just seeing how characters develop and stuff. Um, Vampire is quite a lot more ambitious than that, so it does have a big third-person action-adventure RPG around all the dialogue stuff, but that dialogue stuff is still in there, and it's a major focus. So what you'll be doing is um, playing Dr. Reed, who's a recently deceased um, Londoner, who comes back to life as a vampire and tries to re-establish himself um, within his um, community, trying to come to terms with what he now is. So does he start eating people and give in to his temptations, drinking their blood, or does he try and find a way around that and try and help the broken community that he's living in that is subject to a major plague in 1918 in London? And, um, yeah, from what you'd expect, really, from Don't Nod, the Life is Strange guys um, have done it again here. There's lots of interesting characters for you to talk to. Um, not so much choice. It feels like you're more learning about people rather than influencing too much. So there's lots of conversations where you'll talk to one person. They'll tell you something about somebody else that will prompt an unlockable dialogue with that other character so you can learn more about them and so the chain continues so you'll gradually talk to everybody learn more and more about them and become um sort of closer to the community um that you're living within uh, what's interesting is that the more you get to know people the more valuable they become as a resource so um the game is built around an xp system the more xp that you've got the more skills that you can acquire. Um, so these are vampire powers that you'll get more blood when you bite somebody. Um, you'll have more health when you're being attacked um, and different sorts of moves. So like invisibility and um, um, sort of big vampire claw rake moves, stuff like this that you can unlock with more XP. So the, the more you speak to people, the more XP they represent. So if you decide to kill them, you'll get a big XP boost. So there's this kind of tension between um, building people up enough so that they're worth killing. So there's lots of XP for you to get to gain, but then not really wanting to because you've got to know them now. Um, it is or, quite. 
really wanting to because you've got to know well, them. because they're assholes yes yeah so th- there are a few that, that they're in there to sort of break your will if, if you're determined not to kill anybody there's a few in there that you'll think so oh, i, I just this guy that first guy who got you remember when he gets stabbed at the docks when yes first, when you first meet him i yeah. spared him and then mm-hmm. i found out about him and i was like motherfucker i should have killed that motherfucker you still oh, can my, I, i'm gonna <laughs> to do list um because he's like a gang leading asshole that's just yeah. an ungrateful piece of shit um <laughs> but anyway sorry carry on yeah so um yeah there's i think four main regions in london and they've each got their own like small uh social circles and talking to them you'll see in the menus like a representation of what their social circles are how they connect and any submissions that come from that. So um, there might be a person that's uh, got something that another person needs. And um, you'll see this in the menu. There'll be a, a sort of prompt to do a little submission to go and do this for them. So instead of killing people, you can get XP by doing these sub- these side missions and um, keeping people alive and finding out enough about them that you trigger more missions and sort of uh, quests on the map to... Uh, get the XP that you need to power up. And you will need to do that because the combat is quite challenging. It's clearly based on Bloodborne, both thematically uh, with the whole London um, permanent night sort of vibe. Um, The combat itself is quite Bloodborne as well. So it has this whole um, sort of ebb and flow to the combat where you've got um, a stamina bar uh, will break down quite quickly the more you attack um and to begin with it doesn't actually feel that involved it feels quite bad the combat to begin with but once you've unlocked a few of the vampire powers you realize that there is quite a nice um sort of loop to how the combat works and once you've mastered it and once frank shuts up frank once you've mastered it um it is really um, fulfilling. It's a really rewarding system. So, okay, okay so this this Bloodborne combat thing. Um, yeah. I I haven't played a lot of Bloodborne. I thought it did. I thought Bloodborne was meant to be quite difficult because I found the combat in Vampire mm-hmm. pretty easy. You haven't got far enough. Then it does get really does hard. Get, does it get yeah. hard? Does it? Oh right, okay. Because at, at this moment, oh. it's just like I love the combat. I really like the whole idea of um, including the biting people during fights yes so it's important to stun them and then you go in for a neck bite to give yourself more more blood meter so you can use more of your blood powers I, I'm, I'm i'm using the blood spear quite a lot i really like the blood spear and um, i unlocked the blood spear yeah oh it's awesome <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, yeah i went for that instead of like the claws or anything um yeah. and it, and uh, you know you so you have the stun moves and you have others you can use different secondary weapons you can use like you've got pistols and shotguns you can equip um as as uh, or, or stakes weirdly you can fight with a stake to stun mm. people which i think is curious that a vampire would use a stake um but I, I guess that makes sense in a sort of strange way um and yeah i i just he is fighting vampires himself mm, so true, there's, true. There's, there's different classes of vampire and he's you're a very reluctant vampire 
Yeah. Like, at least to start with, I guess, depending on how you play it, you could become a really uh, loving it vampire if you wanted to murder everyone. Um, so the curious thing, though, the, about that I'm having is, so obviously the, so when you, the kill people mechanic, right? You, you, when mm. you want to suck people's blood for XP, this is, this isn't just any Tom, Dick and Harry. This is people that are on your like known citizens list, as it were. Yeah. Uh, like voiced NPCs. Uh, yes. And they have like a level, so it'd be like level one up to I don't know how high it goes, but I'm only a level one now, so 20, I can only... I think is the highest. Wow, twenty. So how I'm not sure how you build that level. So what do you do to build up your level? Do you just is it just something that goes up as you level up? It will just happen. It's a story event, right? Where um, you'll have to make a particularly significant choice and convince somebody um, to go in a particular way, and then your mesmerized level will increase. Right, so right, the right. higher your level of mesmerization, if that's what you want to call it, sure. um, the more people that you can control. And that means you can lead them off to a quiet corner and um, surreptitiously murder them for your so I'm, XP game. I'm predominantly been bumming around in the first major location, which is the hospital. So yes. theoretically, if I had a high enough mesmerized level, I could kill everyone there. You could, I think... I'm, what would that do though? Because they're quest givers, aren't they? Some of them. Yeah, I, I, there's a high level of control over that. I don't know whether in practice you can kill everybody because I'm quite a way into this, and my uh, mesmerized level is still only three. There are a lot of characters that are four, five, six, and as I say, one in particular I know is twenty. I don't think that you can kill every single character. Um, okay. So it. it it makes it look as if you can, but in practice, it limits who you can kill because some of them are necessary for the plot. Well, yeah, the highest mesmerizer in the hospital seems to be, other than the dude right at the center of it, seems to be three. Mm. So I, I could literally kill all but one person if I had a mesmerizer of three in the you hospital. Could, you could, but probably not until after their importance to the plot has right. been gone. Oh, I see. That's how they balance it. So mm. then you can go back... And basically just farm them to yes. increase your own level if yeah. you're feeling like a complete psycho. Mm -hmm. um, but the kind of the interesting thing about this game is, as a vampire is that we all understand vampires as as a form of pop culture, right? So yeah. the, the question comes isn't so much should you, but it's more of a case of, well, I'm a vampire. Shouldn't I just do what a vampire does? like you know it's it's kind of interesting in the way that they've chosen uh the vampire as the as the center of this because to me it's like well i'm a vampire what's the point in fighting their nature that's i have been this is what i am now so uh, there's an interesting backstory to how the the vampire society in this game works though there are different classes of vampires yes. so, so yeah the, the most common ones you'll see out on the street they're called skulls and they're like Sort of the runts of the litter, really. They're almost, like, they're almost like zombies. Mongrel. Yeah, almost yeah. like zombies. Yeah. Um, but they're infected with, with this vampire disease, and um, they're 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 feral, really. And then you'll get um, econs, which are the more higher class, um, intelligence and morally principled, almost vampires that don't really want to kill people, but do have to drink blood or eat human flesh to survive so there'll be characters that will just eat corpses or drink from people that are gonna just about to die anyway and even then they'll ask permission first and um, there's there's funny stuff like that that happens through this um, where 
yeah, there's there's a few um, more principled vampires that put a different spin on the the idea. Um, so that's quite interesting. Right. Okay, and that that gives credence to your decision making as well. So it's not the case that just because you're a right. vampire, you've got to be an arsehole about it. There is another way. Okay, okay, no, that, that's good. I haven't got to that yet, obviously. So I'm looking forward to that. I mean, some the things I'm really enjoying. So I really like the combat. I really like the world. Yeah. Uh, and I really like just talking to people because I think that the dialogue is well written and the characters seem well thought out. And I like all their interactions between each other. Um, just in the hospital area alone, the different doctors and nurses and patients mm. uh, and then the side quests that come off of those. Um, I've, I've been finding it all really good fun and compelling and different um, and interesting and stuff like that. So, um, yeah. yeah, it seems it seems really, really good. It seems like... Uh, a game if you're looking for an action rpg but with a bit more of a narrative bent to it a bit more of a dialogue heavy um skewer to it and there, there is a lot of dialogue there is a lot of dialogue lot i mean dialogue. If, you, if you're going into this thinking it's just a bloodborne clone it, it isn't there's there's a lot of cues from bloodborne there in the leveling system the way that you upgrade equipment and just how the combat fundamentally works is very bloodborne um but there's a lot of dialogue to get through. It's it's probably at least fifty percent of the game is listening to people talk. So if that's not your bag, I haven't um, come across anybody that's not been well, pretty, you know, at least quite well written and well voiced though. Oh, they're pretty I mean, good. Everybody seems like there's quite a consistently high level um, to the writing and the acting. Yeah, the, the writing and the acting is quite good, apart from the the opening half an hour, which was notably. Uh, cringeworthy for me oh what with the internal monologue yeah and the, yeah. the sarah pointed it out as well when she was watching me play it there's a few moments there um it shows you a bit when dr reed dies and because he's a doctor and he's got all these, all these <laughs> ambitions he screams he screams out i, I had so much you. more to achieve <laughs> best best worst last last word ever. <laughs> Right then, like, who would say that as your, as your last moment? I, I, I will. I was going to be famous and discovered that. Like, Shut up, mate! Fuck off. That kind of speaks to his character, though. I mean, his character. Yeah. I mean, I, I do like the descent into madness that happens in that opening, where, where when he, uh, it's not much of a spoiler because it happens in the first like half an hour, but when he mm. tries to kill himself by shooting himself through the chest through his heart, yeah. and yeah. then he wakes up and it's like shit. <laughs> i'm still here <laughs> i like that i like that the desperation of of realization when, uh, yeah the fact that the first person you kill is your own sister that's yeah. fucked up man <laughs> that's so fucked up and he because all he sees is her circulatory system and it's just like it doesn't realize it's her yeah. <laughs> it's just like it chows down like, oh no <laughs> twisted twisted shit there good ways i thought it was a strong uh, other than that that whole last last words thing i thought there was quite a strong opening I was it like, is oh, quite oh, strong. I want to know what happens here because this is yeah. fucking mental. Like it yeah. pulled me, it pulled me in, and you definitely feel the confusion and the horror that he's feeling. I think it, it does a good job of of putting you in his shoes. Absolutely, like, yeah, totally. It's really good. It undersells the combat system in that first sequence because all you can do is slash, and it yeah. doesn't feel like there's any sort of strategy to it. But that does come later on. Okay, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna find time. I'm gonna try and carve out some more time to get a bit further into it. Definitely, because uh, I think it's a real, it's a real bit of a gem um, mm. from Don't Not Here and Focus Home. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna quickly touch on a few things. I know we're we're already at like nearly hour and forty five here. I think so. Um, I'm gonna talk about. Um, I haven't got a lot to say about a mega strike. I'll have the full review out soon. Um, it's perfectly fine 
it's a cute little shooty platformer game you know action platformer um and it's fine it's fine it's nothing wrong with it at all um the design of the levels is quite good it's based around a me- this is what's quite frustrating it's based around this mechanic where you can switch between three playable characters at any time right so you're the little marine guy and you could be like a little heavy guy and then you could be a little stealthy jumpy guy and then it takes that mechanic away from you at the end of the first level when two of the characters are like abducted by the evil scientist and then yeah. you're just left with the little marine guy the basic guy and you have to then progress through these missions and these levels looking at the level design going well that's clearly the bit where the jumpy guy would have done a double jump and that's clearly the bit where the heavy guy would have moved that block and i can't do it yet because i've got to go and rescue these guys before i can then come back to this level and Mm -hmm. i find that type of game design very frustrating and it's very old school and but but the mechanics that are all there work really nicely i just don't enjoy the, the the mechanic of giving and showing the player everything you can do and then taking it away like within the first 20 minutes i find that a bit I don't know, bit of a piss take, but yeah, it's it's pleasant enough. It's nice enough. Um, it's it's straight down the middle. Like, not good, not bad. It's not going to stand out. I don't. There's plenty of other games like this that do more things, uh, interestingly and a bit more differently, and 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 uh, try new things. Um, what was it? Time Force. Do you remember Time Force? Mm, no. Super Time Force. Super Time Force. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. That has that's like this, but more interesting and better because it uses the whole. Um, time travel mechanic in there and stuff, for example. So it does things a bit more uh, innovative. Uh, um, what was it? A mega? Uh, this is a mega strike. There was another game. Unit Four is another sort of action platformer that I've played on Xbox One, which does the whole switching between characters on the fly as well. But yeah. there's four of them in that, so there's a bit more variety and there's and there's a little bit more creative. So this is fine, but that's what I want to say. Um, I've also gone back to uh, Battlestar Galactica Deadlock. You might have remembered me talking about this. I think towards the end of last year, Richard. Yes. Right. Um, and the reason I've gone back to this is the guy, the, the, the guys behind Deadlock Slytherin have sent me the DLC um, as a code to, to go back and revisit the game. Uh, and this adds like a bunch of new missions and new units integrated back into the story, which was kind of annoying because I had to start again to get the benefit of the DLC. Um, oh, oh. Not the best way happens. of integrating DLC. I'm, I'd rather have standalone missions to play almost. But yeah. this is on top of lots of title updates they've done. They've done. A, they've listened to a lot of feedback with uh, to do with the game, such as there's an option now when you start the game so that the damage your units take, your ships take, are carried over into each subsequent mission unless you actively repair them, which mm. is much more in keeping with, if you think about it, the TV show. Um, the right. idea that you know the, the you know the Galactica is getting beaten up, and and then every episode it's like building on the the increasing decrepitness of the galactica um yeah. this is still though a very Damn, like, the toilets don't work and all that stuff yeah exactly yeah. Uh, and his answer to everything is i'm gonna space you um <laughs> but uh <laughs> you can play it again space him uh, <laughs> um saying that right this game is fucking excellent it conveys the sense uh of of the combat from you've seen the tv show so incredibly well um Mm. when you finish the mission and you watch the replay because it's sort of this turn-based game where you plot out the courses of your ships tell them what to do and then hit play and then it they sort of all then you and the enemy ships then move at the same time and interact with each other depending on cones of fire and the orders that have been given and launching missiles and stuff and then it you know moves a little bit and then you react and give new orders and then when you finish all that when you finish you win you can watch the replay and it all happens in real time and it mm. and it's cut together and shot 
um, as if it was the space combat from the TV series. So lots of crash yeah. zooms and Dutch angles and like cameras stuck to the side of Vipers and things like that, you know. So it's all very action orientated and really awesome with the awesome kind of Bear McCreary style music playing over it. And it's like the combat in the TV show. It's it's awesome how they convey that when you yeah. and, it, and then you realize, it, you know, if you weren't pausing it to give orders for five minutes each time, it's all like a minute long. You know the combat. <laughs> it's all it lasted. You know this crazy engagement, and it and it and it's really really cool. I really like it. And do you know what it did? It made me go back and watch the TV show. Uh, oh, I really? Watched, I watched the miniseries um, that started off the TV show again uh, over over the last couple of days, and it's still fucking brilliant. Like it's such a good show. Uh, it's so well made, and the tone is so incredible. And it and the way it takes in the original um, and but twists it and. And makes it almost mm. like the original was almost a prequel and mm. and but you know has all the elements that are still there that you, but then modernizes it and it's just so well done it does however um the miniseries especially feels very much like that turn of the millennium thing where it was like we'll have a sex scene every 20 minutes to make you understand that this is adult this is mature <laughs> tv yeah look they're making out look they're fucking that means it's for grown-ups and it's just like no we we get it. Like, you're on cable. You can do that. I understand. It's fine. it's fine. And that just made me laugh. I was like, oh, that's that's so cute. That was so like that was so like the 2000s where it was just like, oh, let's just so sex because we can now. Oh. Um, but but it's still really really good. Like incredibly yeah. well done. Characters are so good. Um, but yeah, that's the, I've, I've been playing some other stuff for you, but I'm under embargo for games that are already out on PC, which I fucking love. Um, let's talk about so VR. You've, you've just bought let's PSVR. Let's do that. I went crazy over this last week. I think it was the exposure to E3 and all the games, and I was so yeah. hype for gaming and stuff. I just went, all right, I'm going to buy a PS4 Pro, and I'm going to buy a PSVR in the days of play sale that uh, PlayStation is doing right now, because all their hardware was reduced, and I got some great deals. Hmm. Uh, I got the VR headset for like 200 with two games. Uh, and I, I got PS uh, and I got PS4 Pro for like 350 with two or two or three games as well and stuff like that. So that was that was pretty good. I uh, got some good deals and I went I went um, I'll tell you what one of the games I got with a pro was Detroit. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm, I'm this, sorry about that. Yeah. When, well, I'm I'm curious. We're not we're not covering it on the show probably, but I will I will give it a go um, yeah. as I, it came with it and it looks stunning. Don't get me wrong, it looks gorgeous. Mm as does many of the games on my pro now. Like, uh, but anyway, VR is the interesting thing. I, I've, I've played a lot. I got about 10 VR games, Richard. You've played a um, bunch of stuff that I've not played, actually. Um, I do have Super Hot on VR. And dude, it's my, it favorite, it's my favorite game so far of all the ones I played. Uh, yeah. I, I'm predisposed uh, to like Super Hot. I really loved the original. Um, yeah. But this, so I've played, I played, this is probably the best use of VR I have experienced yet um, because it does a few things that when you're new to VR, mm. I think it's the best onboarding, for example, because it's so, so you haven't got to worry about movement, right? You've just got to worry about looking because yes. if you, if you, so you're just in one place. So that makes it quite easy to grasp and you have the two move controllers yeah. and then you just have two controls on each one. So you have shoot and you have grab and that's all you have to worry about. So it's very simple. Okay. So you, you know, the idea of super hot is you, you control time, Time moves when you move, right? Yes. So, you know, every time you go to grab a gun or fire a bullet, time moves. That's You're often dealing with loads of enemies firing loads of shit at you all at once. And it's the, the puzzle mechanic it is working out how to position yourself to get a shot off, to kill the enemy, 
but they're not take incoming fire. One hit, one kill. Yeah. Um, and it works incredibly well. I, I, I was super addicted to it. I got a really good workout from it. I'm like doing squats and I'm fucking leaning and oh, you feel it after a couple of hours. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, but like, no, I, I, I really rated it. Um, what else? Doom VFR. Um, I haven't tried I, that either. So I was playing that to start with to the two move controllers, but then I went out and picked yeah. up Farpoint and it supports the aim controller. Um, and I thought with the aim controller, it was so much more enjoyable like um mm. so the way the way you move around in doom vfr without the aim controller is teleporting everywhere with the aim mm-hmm. controller you can just use the stick so you can just All have right. a normal analog control which i think makes right. a lot more sense for doom uh and then you can put on the other stick you can put looking as well so you yes. can do the incremental looking so what i'm mm. doing so what you're really doing with the, the the aim controller then is just aiming to take shots you can yeah. still teleport so you can still do the telefrag move um, that right. is still an option on the L2 button, I think, which is on the aim control at the front. But I found aiming was way more accurate. I felt much more like the Doom Marine because I'm holding a gun, you know, than, yeah. than, than with the aim controllers. Um, I really enjoyed that. Farpoint itself, really good. Um, really? I really enjoyed I'm, it. I'm I mean, surprised to hear I really, you say that. I, I, look, well, you got to remember, this is like I'm loving all over VR, man, because it's new. I was, it? Yeah, I suppose if it's your first VR, if week, I was, if I was be being. If I was being super critical of the actual game, the game itself is dog shit. I don't think it's dog. I like the world so far. I liked. I I got a great sense of place from it in VR, like looking around in the canyons and the vistas and stuff like that. It's not that much I to thought, see though, really. I didn't think. Uh, and the yeah. the enemy design is no. The enemy the enemy design. It, 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 do you know it felt like Starship Troopers? Yeah. But I kind of wish you wish they'd lent into that more a bit mm-hmm. instead of trying to be this kind of serious. You're trying to rescue people and find people and. And stuff like that just make it a, a bug hunt like you know or like colonial mm. marine style just like put me down that actually now i think of it a colonial marines game would be cool in vr yeah. fighting xenomorphs and stuff like that um lots of enemies that jump at your face <laughs> which is definitely good. something in farpoint um i was enjoying that i haven't i put batman here but i haven't actually had a chance to play batman vr yet um but i will i will give it a go um one of my favorite VR I will, experiences. Yeah. i got it on your recommendation because so many of these vr games were on sale uh, mm. Again, because of this days of play, um, VR Worlds. I played the London Heist. Yeah, excellent. As a proof of concept, it's fine, but it's interesting because I can already see that was like a, a very first VR game, and there's already much nicer looking games in VR than that. Like, yeah. I, you know, Doom VFR and Farpoint both look stunning compared to London Heist. Like, it's got some clever stuff though that the when you're in the bar with that guy yeah the interaction with the the lighting his cigar and, yeah. and all that sort of stuff um i like the dialogue he's guy richie inspired kind of mm. gangsters they, they've got um the game that they showed at e3 actually i think that developer they're making uh blood and truth which is another kind of gangster london set shooter in mm. vr which which should be quite good that's like the trailer looks like you know stupid fun hiding behind like casino uh, roulette tables and dual wielding pistols over the top of it and all that. That, that looks pretty good. Uh, raw data. I really enjoyed raw data, which is a game that was originally out on Oculus. Um, that's a mixture of sort of like room scale VR, which they've had to obviously they can't do on PSVR. So there's a lot of teleporting around in that one. Um, you fighting robots, basically holding off waves of robots with different types of guns and swords and stuff like that, which was, which was quite good fun as well. Yeah. But in general, um i think i'm a convert rich good i'm glad you're enjoying it i wonder if there's any opportunity for multiplayer stuff 
Well, um, I was trying to convince we should, get, we, we, no, we should all get fucking Star Trek bridge crew. Oh, uh, yeah. You don't yeah. want that? You don't want to do that? You're not a Star Trek man? Um, it's like 15 quid. I can't afford it at the minute. I can't get any more games. Yeah, that would be interesting, I think. My, my main problem with VR at the minute is because I've got a 4K TV, a HDR TV. Yeah, Joel was telling me about this, yes. I've got to unplug the pass-through box. That's stupid. You're, you'll be okay. You'll have the I'm newer fine. version. Yeah, it's I got do, a HDR yeah. pass-through, but I, know. I wonder if I should maybe phone Sony and ask them to sell me a box on its own because they might do that. It's really stupid, isn't it? I mean, if you can't yeah. buy the box, that's kind of nuts as well. I mean, because for me now, it's all in situ. I don't need to worry about it. Like, no, but just for me, it's, just, it's yeah. getting behind my TV and redoing it all yeah. every time I want to use the thing. So I just haven't used it for a while. No, I can absolutely understand that. I mean, I think, I think, oh man, I've heard this so many times before in the last two years. VR, you need to play it to get it. Like, yes, a good hour on a good example. Super, I think, is a great um onboarding experience because like i said you just have to worry about picking up mm. guns and various objects that you then th throw if you want um but it it's because it's you control time when you move yeah. the action is in the action is at your pace so yeah. it's like you don't have to be like moving really super quickly i mean sometimes you're going to want to because you want to feel like a fucking badass because you really do you see what vr um but because you literally feel like neo in the matrix it's amazing but mm. like uh, it's really cool because you don't have to worry about um, moving around. You can just you just stand in one place, you crouch and stuff. You can duck. That's quite important, the ducking and stuff. But yeah. it, it all works incredibly well. So I, I highly recommend. And because the visuals are so abstract, you know, and polygonal, um, you know, fidelity isn't important. So you, mm. it doesn't it doesn't have to you doesn't have that issue if it doesn't look quite right or photorealistic. You know, the screen door effect isn't as noticeable because everything is just. The just all flat orange which white backgrounds you need to get res then yes yes on my list i want to get uh plebeus as well um because i've heard that's amazing um what else I, yeah there's 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 a whole avenue of <laughs> games now i'm gonna be spending money on um anything else you would recommend rich the star wars mission on let's get fucking battlefront again yeah but what is it five quid it's not on the PlayStation Store. I mean, I might be able to walk into a shop and buy it physically, I suppose, but that's, like, mm. gross. I don't like I don't want to go and CEX. It's really good, though. You would love it. Yes. Joel Joel was raving about it as well. So I might I might find a way of making that work. There's a, ro there's a Rogue One DLC for it as well, isn't there? Uh, for VR? Yeah. I found it on the store when oh. I was browsing through it. So there's, like, a Rogue One... Uh, extra mission i think it's the battle of scarif i think um i've seen that oh yeah so yeah vr vr is super cool like yeah. good glad really you like it so um, even though i was ragging on it being low res a couple of weeks back you still um, got one anyway. i sort of see what you mean because it's the it's not so much low res is it it's it's the screen door effect it's the fact that there the 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 you know what you're looking at is you mm. know the screen up close the quality of it you can see the pixels on, on the psvr anyway. well screen screen door is when you can see the lines between the pixels and i don't think it really suffers from that it just it is just there's not enough pixels it does look a bit blocky at points yeah it can look a bit fuzzy and i thought i the other thing i've noticed is the um field of view 
it's yeah. quite it's quite tight around here like but for the most part if it's only if you like look with your eyes to the edges you can see the curve mm. of the headset yeah. but you know most of the time you're going to be looking straight ahead and you're going to be moving your head for the most part when it comes to the vr mm. games um but it's all kind of like uh, yeah at this point it is it still feels early i suppose yeah but i just wonder if there'll be if there'll mm. be any development to it i i'm really curious i mean if you if you can get if you can get a headset like i did for a couple hundred um i think that's a that's a good price to jump in at uh especially if it's the newer model i'm you know they've done a few changes to it um for example the headphones and how they integrate into the headset now is meant to be a lot better uh than the version ones i don't think you can buy a version one now to be honest uh i don't i don't think they're out there anymore i certainly don't seem to be everything seems to come with playstation worlds and they're all version twos um yeah i uh i think it's cool as hell as 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 a piece of tech um so i'm interested to see where it goes i want to talk about jurassic world evolutions a little bit okay um this is really good park simulator like if you're into your Jurassic Park, if you're into your dinosaurs, if you have a love for dinos, which come on, what what person doesn't love dinosaurs? A li- at least a little bit. Um, there's there's a great love for them in this game, but there's also it's it's got a lot of VO from um, and actually interesting they they could get um, Ian Malcolm, uh, what's his name? God, what's his name? The actor. Um, Goldblum, Jeff Goldblum. Jeff they Goldblum. Got, I was thinking got, Brundle. <laughs> That's the fly. <laughs> oh, uh, they actually got no, they actually got Jeff Goldblum to do VO for this to to like record a bunch of dialogue, which is really nice. And it's like he does it in that laconic kind of oh, that's really good, you know. Though you'll be dead soon, kind of delivery. <laughs> yeah. Like not that really sort of, of sort of sarcastic thing to him. But they couldn't get uh, any anybody else. I don't think. Like they've got they've got Chris Pratt alike, and they've got. Um, was it Bryce Dallas Howard alike, but they don't actually have them doing the voice work, which is a bit of a shame, but, but they got Jeff Goldblum, so that's good. Hmm. Um, and yeah, you're basically just simulating the park. And yeah, guess what? Dinosaurs escape a lot, it turns mm. out, because otherwise it wouldn't be Jurassic Park, would it? <laughs> no. um, and at the moment, I've, I've not even got that many in the early park I'm, I'm in at the moment, but yeah, they, they find a way through my electrified fences. Don't, don't you know, I, I just think really, really poor levels of maintenance. That's... Hmm. That's the problem. But then, you know, you get the helicopter and it's really cool because you can fly, you can fly the helicopter yourself and shoot the dart gun yourself. Oh, like, cool. It actually feels really cool. And the other thing is there are like the Jeeps, the Ranger Jeeps. Do you remember from the, from the films and stuff? Yes. You can drive them around the park and you can like tranquilize the dinos with that. And you can do all in first person and stuff. And it's like, oh, this is, this is actually the handling and the design here is really good. It's not just, to put, you can put yourself much more into the park. Oh, that's um, good. Yeah, it is. it's really nicely done. It's got a really good use of HDR. Like, weirdly, reflections off of the water are incredible in this game. I was like, wow, this looks much nicer than it needs to. Um, and it's got yeah, good, well-thought-out user interface. Um, lots of options, lots of park stuff you can build. You know, you have the three different mission, mission givers. So you have, like, entertainment, like, just exciting stuff for the visitors, science, mm. and then you have military applications um so it's kind of like ah we would like you to design a dinosaur with big killing teeth can you make him more (laughs) lethal for our other customers 
And you're like, brilliant. It even deals with the kind of the moral quandary of genetic modification and making dinosaurs as weapons, mm. um, which I thought is is surprising. That is in a game here like this. But then there's like loads of facts about the dinosaurs and like loads of information and really good models for them all. And you can zoom right in and, and look at the T-Rexes and stuff. And if you're interested in dinosaur facts and learning about them, it's all in there as well. It's it. And it's just super good fun. And I can lose hours to management games like this. The just, time just disappears as I get lost in them. So no, it's 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 very, very cool. Maybe a tiny bit pricey at like 50 quid, but... Um, 50 quid? No, it does seem a bit much for the, something like that. Because on, on PC, you normally get that sort of thing for 25 quid, don't you? Yeah, uh, well, actually, I looked at how much it was on PC, and it's a fiver less. Wow. So it's a very expensive PC game as well. Because I was thought to myself, all right, maybe I should just get this on PC because it seems like a bit of a PC game. I was mm. like, ah, fuck it. I'll just get it on Xbox for the achievements then in that case. Like, whatever. Mm. Um, but that's I'm really enjoying that as well. Richard, I am, I am disturbed to see a game on your list. <laughs> I'm not sure it's worth talking about, really. <laughs> um, I've played what Fortnite earth, this week. What on earth made you do that? I don't know. It's the first time I've ever played Fortnite um right. despite having downloaded it twice i think it's <laughs> this this story about how um if you want to download the switch version now because that came out this week you're not allowed to play it if you've played it on ps4 before yeah and i thought shit that's that's pretty low that's and pretty all the yeah all these people kicking off that they can't play it on the switch now um luckily i haven't ever played fortnite at all it, i have downloaded it on ps4 but i've never logged into it so i'm going to delete that one i've had a quick go on xbox just to see what it's about really and it's pretty much what i thought it would be it's okay um and i might try it on switch as well but yeah it's, it's... i don't really have a great deal of insight on fortnite i'm late to the party and i've hardly played it but... it seems to me that it would probably actually be a good home for that on the switch yeah, that, that style of battle royale. I, I'd rather play uh, PUBG on my Xbox. Um, I, I thought that it felt a little bit lightweight. I know you've got all the extra construction stuff, and that seems pretty cool. It's got kind of a Minecraft vibe to um, battle royale shooting. But yeah, I think I prefer PUBG. But yeah, it'd be good good on a Switch, wouldn't it? Little cutesy, lightweight shooter. Yeah, I think so. I think that makes sense, actually. Well, that's a weird note to finish this episode on. Yeah. <laughs> Fortnite. <laughs> God damn it, you become one of those people, Richard. Yeah. I, was, I was thinking you would maybe skim over that. I'm not sure why. No, I it's but... the only thing on your list for, for other games <laughs> you played. So I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to you on that, you, you mad person, you. Mm. Um, no, I mean, it is such a phenomenon. It's impossible to ignore, really, isn't it? It's we did. Well, I have I tried, I tried it, it until I tried now. It. Yeah, I tried it recently as well. Who did I play with? Did I play with Joel or somebody like that? I, I played duos with someone. I can't remember who it was. But we played a few matches, and it was like I found it a lot easier than PUBG. Like in it, maybe it was because there's so many people playing it that. Mm. That a lot of them will be really, really noobish, like to these types of games. I just remember being by myself, walking around a corner, finding these two guys just sort of stood there, and I just killed them both. I was just like, they didn't even shoot at me. I was like, what are you doing? They were walking, <laughs> they, they were moving, so they weren't AFK. But it was just like, guys, what, what's going on? Um, but yeah, the I remember what I can't remember who I was playing it with, but I remember us walking around and like we found these two groups that were attacking each other. And then all of a sudden, it just started. They just started building towers, 
and it was just like growing in front of you like these two opposing towers while still shooting each other and it was just like this is insane and then it was just like then we made the mistake of engaging and like ah well we'll catch them while they're distracted it didn't work they knew what they were doing uh we died very quickly um but yeah it was it was it's mad i i i like the realistic shooter aspects of PUBG more that's that's my thing i i don't i don't really like the building and the weapons that much in fortnite it's okay it's okay yeah so, i mean it kind of distracts from what i like about PUBG. is that's um you know you're kind of stuck with what you got and where you dropped so being able to change their environment feels a bit cheating to me you know there, there it's is like a bit like the draw in it when you in PUBG, you land somewhere might be good it might be bad but whatever you know that's that's your lot deal with it there's a purity to PUBG, yeah. but, and, and it isn't just random though is it i mean if you if you you know once you've played it a bunch you you kind of know the better places to drop depending on the air depending on the direction the plane's coming in from and you know oh, yeah you yeah know cool. the places but you're going to find loot when the stuff. circle starts to close in mm. and it's driving you in a particular direction you know even if you know the map you, you're going to be somewhere that might not be ideal for you potentially and there's not a lot you can do about that. So, yeah, purity is the right word. I like that simplicity to it. Yeah. So I think that brings us to the end of episode 48 of BXB's Bits and Bobs. Mm-hmm. Have you had a good one, Richard? Was that fun catching up on E3 after not being able to do it with us live? Yeah. Sorry I had to miss them all, but I wasn't even around. I was traveling. and she happens. But, um, yeah, enjoyed that. Thank you. Hope that anyone listening enjoyed it too. Well, we had a few people watching uh, live, Richard. So uh, at least at least they I, at least they enjoyed it. I mean, who knows? Um, maybe they just wanted a masochists. You know, they hate it, hate us, but they're just going to keep punishing themselves with with more of Ben and Rich. What can you do? <laughs> I hope they're not punishing <laughs> themselves with that hand movement that you just did. <laughs> if you're wearing a in a if you're wearing like a horrible like I don't know. Wool mesh glove. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh scratching it off. Um, so to that effect, anyway. Uh, oh, well, that, that's more in keeping with how we usually end these podcasts. So on that note, I'm going to say goodbye. Bye, Rich. Goodbye. <laughs>